This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking the Meg. Megalodon. We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. <laughs> We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler for your view, then jump back to other fun movie topics. This is episode 334. 334. I like that number. We're going to get 335 next week. It's sequential. All true. And um, this week we are talking The Meg, the Jason Statham versus Giant Shark movie, Dawn of Justice, that we've all been waiting for. Um, and joining us to talk the Meg, we have from Battleship Retention in the More Than One Lesson podcast. He found himself deep in the trench, but with plenty of oxygen. It's Tyler Smith. Hello, how are you? Good. Also joining us from Fast Film Reviews, it's the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. It's Mark Hoban. Hi, everyone. How are you guys doing this evening? Very well. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we love uh, Tyler there. He's always bringing that in. as usual. That's what I see. He's, he's, the, he's, a, he's the peppy to our Star Fox and Slippy. He's a, he's a hoot. I'm trying to – I'm saving my energy for the actual discussion. So, like, okay. these – I'll grant you These that. little formalities and stuff. Yeah, whatever. Let's just move on. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a building. It's a building upwards for you. Yes. Yeah. See, Abe and I, we were sprinters in high school, so our key is all, just keep moving 100% the whole time. That's how you have to do it. But life, as you know, is a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> Tyler's just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, Tyler probably relates t- more to that comment than my sprinting thing. So. I can tell you what I'm doing. I'm just zoning out completely as I look at images of the Meg on my computer. To refresh yourself and to just to, like, to rev up your engine for what you want to talk about? Just to calm down, really. Like These images are very peaceful. It's very zen. Mm. Okay. I like it. I like All right. It. Let's hear, let's hear from Mark a little bit. <laughs> How are you doing this weekend? You have a good weekend? I'm, yeah, I did. It's uh, kind of relaxed. I did a little bit of hiking and stuff, so uh, you know, it was nice and sunny out, so it was a good weekend. Good. <laughs> sorry, I don't mean – sorry, I'm a jerk. I Everything apologize. Everything displeases Tyler. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I kind of play up how annoyed I am with everything, just kind of it's a sort of a character I play. Hiking, I'm not joking. <laughs> that one i just uh more power to you good for you i i uh anybody who follows me on twitter knows that a few years ago i went on a hike with my in-laws and i just chose to tweet all about it and just bashed hiking for like a full hour well you went with your in-laws that was the first problem you you should just go by yourself <laughs> and just you know soak it in could i like drive is that an option? Uh, I think that's called dune buggy. Oh, okay. I could do that. Yeah. That sounds fun. You, I've never done it, so yeah, let me know how you, how it goes. But more power to you. Good for you. Uh, hiking, getting fit. Right? See, see, when we have David on, I call him the fun one. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should have him on. I'm kidding. I'm yeah, doing now my you, best. Now you've hurt Tyler's kidding. feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Look how dejected he sounds. Uh, <laughs> Good job, I'm, Aaron. Jeez. I'm trying to spice up this whole podcast right at the beginning to see how it goes for the listener. They're like, you know what? I like the I like the, the 
apprehensive attitude these two guys have already. Let's see where this goes from here. Well, and what's going to be interesting is that I will become so much more like uh, unreasonably positive when we talk about the movie, like more so than most people. <laughs> and so people will be like, I can't figure this guy out. This is ridiculous. He he likes things that nobody likes and he dislikes things that everybody likes. I, I don't get it. Don't have him on again. See, Tyler is the guy in the movie that you don't know if he's the killer or not until the end. And then it turns out maybe he is. Maybe I am. All right. Yeah. Even yeah. I don't know. Let's I just wake thing. up. I just wake up covered in blood. Let's get this thing's moving. Let's, okay. let's, get, let's get some show notes real quick. First up, a uh, new commentary track. Uh, that should be coming soon, but our, pla- our plan for this month um, is uh, H2O, Halloween H2O, the um, 1998. Josh Hartnett film, yeah. The first, I believe it's like introducing Josh Hartnett. It's like even the credit for him in that movie. Um, but yeah, uh, the Jamie Lee Curtis returns uh, Halloween before we get to H4O in October. Um, so yeah, that's that's the plan. We'll be recording that very soon. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. And uh, what else? Uh, we did some pre-show talking already about this, but the summer gamble um, still going. Um, the Meg made a lot of made 44 million this weekend, which was uh, higher a lot. Yeah, higher than My, any were expecting. Yeah, that that's really quite good actually. I, I was shocked. It's a, it's enough to put a possible wrinkle in how things shake up in the next couple weeks before we finish up this. I think it's safe to say it will end up in the top ten for the summer. It's a it's a good bet. It's got a it's got a pass. Mamma Mia, here we go. Sorry, Mamma Mia! Exclamation point. Here we go again. So, um, yeah, I guess it's it. Ha- part of the thing is it has to do it before Labor Day. Yeah, it has to do it in a lot of time. That said, I can I can easily see the Meg taking a big drop next weekend. But then again, who knows? I don't I don't know. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. But uh, for those of you that are not aware, our Summer Gamble, this is the 7th Annual Summer Gamble, it's where Abe and I, along with many guests of the show, including Mark, uh, we've all predicted what we think are going to be the top 10 highest grossing films of the summer. Um, and so we've all you know, made said predictions, and we're finally coming to a close on this thing. But there's still lots of lots of balls in the air as far as where things finally end up, because movies are still making money. Uh, some are underperforming, some are overperforming, so we'll see where that goes. Um, speaking of which, though, I do want to get to our upcoming plans, um, just because that is coming up, among many other things. So this week we're talking The Meg, obviously. Next week, I know Black Clans went open this week, but we're going to talk about that film next weekend. And then the weekend after that, we're going to talk Crazy, Crazy Rich Asians and Searching, Searching, which opens that weekend as well um, so we can have a much like we had our very black podcast episode of sorry to bother you and blind spotting a couple weeks back we're gonna have a very asian episode a couple weeks from now um which should be you're welcome <laughs> i know <laughs> which should be see abe and i like to cater to each other that's abe how it's gonna be exactly. a feature it's like starring i'm abe. gonna be uh, exactly yeah I'll, I'll be hosting that one and we'll be speaking in multiple languages as I'd, well. I'd love to nice. for you to do that um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then following that episode, that'll be the episode after that will be September first, uh, I believe. So that'll be, or sorry, yeah, September first or August third. Yeah, yeah. We'll try to look at the dates. Yeah, no. Yeah, I was like, what map are be, you doing? Uh, here? I was looking at the wrong calendar. It'll be September second. So yes, that will be the end of our summer gamble. So three three weeks from now is when we'll be finally reaching the end of our summer gamble, um, which will be exciting to do. Um, so yeah. That's that. What else? iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out a show. Uh, rate and review. That'd be great. Thank you very much. All right. Let's move on. Let's get to let's get to know everybody. Each week we ask each other a question or two. Try to set the tone for the podcast. or better get to know nope. oh, everybody. That's good. I like that. Wasn't cool. bad. Uh, Abe, you got to start this one off. 
I've got a question for you guys. What are you guys most afraid of when you guys swim in uh, the open water? I have the exact same question written on my page. Oh, I, is it I, 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 I know what I'm afraid of, actually. Jellyfish. That's my answer, too. <laughs> is it, oh, well, I'm glad I said it quickly so that like I get credit. They're the worst. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't see them, and they're yeah. It's it's just one of they look like they look like plastic bags. They, they can severely hurt you, or just be an annoyance, or just be a big blob in the water, and you're like, oh god, I don't want to see that at all. That's interesting because I'm afraid of riptides, and it's like you know, you you can see it if you're looking close enough, but you got to be careful, and then also don't fight it. Just go out to the sea and then swim. Swim uh, parallel to the uh, shore and come Are you back. Scared in? of it then? I mean, you know what to do. I do, but sometimes you get caught in one. You don't know. So, the, so nature I is, guess is I... what you're afraid of. <laughs> this is why Tyler and I don't go on hikes. Yep. <laughs> Tyler, are you afraid of anything when you go into the open yeah, water? Yeah, sharks. Okay, there you go. I mean, all kinds of sharks. Basically, any. Yeah, I mean, I don't go out into the open I... water very often. <laughs> Right. But, I don't uh, think I I go out far enough to encounter sharks actually. Oh, but they can they, they could be getting you close to the shore. Yeah, they sure can. Yeah. Well, uh, as Sharknado taught us, they can actually be flying flying through the air. So That's true. Well, we also need really, chainsaws. There's no, yeah. there's no safety. Yeah. You can't escape. <laughs> right. Aaron, I took your question. Did you have another one? No, that's fine. we got to move things along in. we got a lot of show to do this week, so it's fine. We'll move, <laughs> we'll move right to our poll question. Um, each week on the show, we uh, do it. We have a we have a poll that we put up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, where we pit two movies against each other, uh, somehow uh, linked by the, uh, the main review of the week. Obviously, this week we're talking to Meg. So the theme for this week was When Animals Attack. Um, and so in doing this, I put two movies against each other. Uh, voting for one saves that film, not voting for the other destroys that film, as in it erases it from history. Uh, so that's an extra layer to consider. And this week I have Anaconda versus Deep Blue Sea. Ooh, so before I before I can I now I don't know the results of this because I have not voted myself in the poll as of yet. So I before I click the th- you know click the poll to see what the uh, the listener oh. results are actually going to be. I want to know what you guys would choose between these two films, Anaconda or Deep Blue Sea. I'm choosing to save Anaconda. I need to have that line in my life of the uh, snakes out there that big. And also John Voight hamming it up, man. This is hard. Uh, yeah. Um, Mark, you go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so I I would go for Anaconda. I like both of those films for similar reasons, but Anaconda, just the cast and the the special effects and some of the dialogue is it's almost the perfect so bad it's good movie for me. So yeah, Anaconda is definitely my favorite. Yeah, I think I would. It's it would be very close for me because Deep Blue Sea does have some stuff in its favor. One is who they choose to kill. I know that sounds weird. Uh, Like, obviously, we know that there's a big surprise death uh, that has been well publicized uh, since it came out. Uh, Sorry, I'm talking about Deep Blue Sea. I'm not sure if I uh, misspoke earlier. Okay, Uh, so there's a big surprise death uh, about halfway through the film. But then also one of our main characters uh, is killed uh, towards the end. And I remember being very surprised by that and, and rather pleasantly so. Like with these films, you tend to be able to predict who's going to uh, who's going to, you know, die. And um, 
and Deep Blue Sea surprised me occasionally. Um, but I do, th- and I do like, uh, I enjoy LL Cool J and all that. But I do think that I would probably save Anaconda because the cast and the type of characters they are, and just the, I think it's campier, uh, which which means it's more fun. Um, and yeah, that John Voight performance is one for the books. Yeah, no, Anaconda is easily the winner for me. That there's no question about that. Beyond the fact that my mom and I had, my mom and I had, we recorded a, a podcast going over Anaconda because we have fond memories of seeing it in theaters together. Mm-hmm. Yes, the John Hamm performance, the the tagline is infinitely better. When you can't breathe, you can't scream. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the backwards flowing uh, waterfall. The yes, the well, those like. I like the deaths in Anaconda more than I like the ones in Deep Blue Sea. I like the sure. the shock value of a couple key deaths in Deep Blue Sea, but the you know seeing Owen Wilson's body inside of a shark or sorry shark a snake or seeing or seeing John Voight period or seeing what is it Jonathan Hyde um, yep. getting getting just taken out during in the ba- in the backwards waterfall sure. like those are great moments that I don't forget the deaths in Deep Blue Sea beyond. Those two, and they're not even. I mean, it's just a shark bites the guy. Like that's that's a, that's essentially what it amounts to. And he swims backwards. You're forgetting the one that. that I the one that I can think of most clearly as being a creative death is probably Stellan Skarsgård's in that film because it's, it's he suffers so much before he actually dies. <laughs> that poor man. <laughs> it's really terrible. Um. I mean, yeah. so Anaconda is like the perfect example of a movie in which I think. The act, especially John Voight, knows the movie he's in and is playing mm-hmm. the character perfectly. He yeah. is absolutely like flawless in that film. And you know, for anybody who thinks like, well, what is John Voight doing in this movie? You know, because he's you know he's been in some great films. I think Anaconda is great because of him. Like he he made it great. He he affects an accent that I I have no <laughs> idea what it is, but it's certainly something. And yeah. it's so ridiculous. Like he like keeps pushing them down. I don't know. He's just he's brilliant. Like yeah. everything. And there, he got a ponytail. There, Come there's on. a reason Eber gave it three and a half stars. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. All right. We're on the same page with Roger Ebert then. <laughs> um, sadly, I've just clicked my vote, and Deep Blue Sea ran away with this thing. 65% percent People wanted to save Deep Blue Sea? What? 65% to 35%. I think everyone's just in a okay. shark mood this weekend. I, I think mm. that must be it. Could be it. Well, good job, listeners. You've ruined our day. Yep. Now I have to add it to the list of films that we've erased from history. Now we've never, now we've never heard. I don't of know what we're talking about. I don't know. That's right. how it is. Deep blue sea. Especially blue. sad. <laughs> it's, I don't generally get upset about these. But, um, I'm a little upset about this one. <laughs> it's okay. We'll get over it because we don't remember. We don't remember what we're talking about. Yeah, that's the way to look at it. <laughs> I'm sad about something. That's that's the problem here. Right. I just can't quite put my finger yeah. on it. This is this is like uh, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Yeah, it's that it's that exact, exact example. All right. That's how you that's yeah. how you play. No, everybody. No, everybody. All right. That was good. Let's move it down to quickies. Yeah. Each week, each week, I don't know. We have one maybe the week. We always quickies. Trademark. What I happened stumbled there? Stumbled a bit. But then I tried to, and I, okay, but I recovered. I, it's like if I had the ball and I was running towards the end zone, and I kind of stuttered, and my hand went down to the ground. But then I picked myself back up and kept moving. In the college rules, you'd be down. But it's not college NFL age. Well, none of us are college age. None of us <laughs> at all. So there. Good recovery then for the. This touchdown. isn't sub six forty. Your sports podcast you don't like to talk about. We haven't recorded in a couple weeks. We're we're trying to do that this week. Okay. <laughs> 
We talk all about Aaron Rodgers. Um, what what um what movies have you seen this weekend? I have not had a chance to see anything else this week. You've watched nothing, nada. That's not true. I haven't watched Wait, anything. He new, watched the Meg. I, I did. That's true. I did watch the Meg, but I also uh, caught up with uh, hers on Netflix, and I was also watching uh, bits and pieces of um, of uh, more comedian cars getting coffee, the the old episodes. But again, nothing new. Doesn't matter if it's not new. I got plenty of things that aren't new on my list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, there you go. Uh, that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was right. watching. Mark, how about you? Well, so I haven't been on the show for a while, so I'm just gonna shout out uh, Mission Impossible. I didn't see it this week, but it is a great action film. Uh, it's amazing that you know the the series is still just as. Uh, you know, this is what the sixth chapter in the Mission Impossible franchise, and it's just as good as maybe, possibly the best. I know I'm, it's arguable, but it is really, really good. And uh, it was just one amazing action set piece after another. And I think there are things in this film that we'll be talking about for a long time. I think there's some really well put together uh, action set pieces, uh, and, it, and it's it's not like the greatest story, but I don't think it has to be. It's just a fun, good summer flick and it's it's the kind of movie that i expect to see in the summer and it really delivered and then um, let me let me just say i think it's you're in a good spot when you're talking well about which of these six film and really it's like about four films is like the best of the series and it it's it comes down to splitting hairs between right right and, and there's, you, the best. You, can, you can make a case for another one and i would i would say yeah that's that's a great choice too because but this was really good i i was i was kind of not expecting it to be – I don't know why because I, I am a fan of Tom Cruise and I think he really delivers and he really puts his all into this movie. I mean and, and it's been publicized, you know, and I, I question maybe how much of the special uh, stunts he did himself, but I, I don't care. It looks like the real thing and uh, and I was there for it all. I really enjoyed it. And then um, I also did fairly recently see Christopher Robin. I liked it fine. I mean, I liked it more than Aaron, I know. Um, I thought it was sweet and cute. It is not a um, uh, a very deep story. Uh, just kind of a little pleasant reminder to honor your loved ones. But I, I thought the, the way that the little characters were uh, represented as uh, stuffed animals was good. I, I thought who was you know sweet it's definitely it is definitely sort of as an eye for more like for adults i mean it's not that it's an adult film but it it does have sort of a, a uh, an aesthetic that i think may appeal more to adults than children i'm not sure i, I, I it, it just has that sort of um like recapturing your childhood type feel to it see the, so. the, the fact that you're only speaking of the, the animated characters is why i didn't like the movie because you didn't like the human characters? Because, yeah, and that takes up way more of the movie, and it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not Well, I mean, I think uh, Ewan McGregor is sort of the the person you follow, and Pooh is sort of like this little wise sage that kind of pops up and gives them advice. <laughs> and I don't know. I was I, I thought it was sweet. I, 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 was, I didn't think it was like the greatest thing, but I, I liked it enough to give it a recommendation. Yeah, fair enough. And I didn't hate the film. It's just more I, of... Yeah, yeah, I I talked all about it last week, so it's fine. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, Tyler, what have you what have you seen recently? Uh, I finally caught up with uh, Isle of Dogs, um, which I liked quite a bit. I had heard like some 
some reservations uh, from other people. And then when I finally saw it, uh, I went in maybe with my guard up a bit. Uh, but then I realized that and, – and I'm not necessarily a huge – Wes Anderson fan like there are things that he makes that I absolutely adore and then other things like I wasn't big into Grand, Grand Budapest I didn't really like um, Moonrise Kingdom that much but I did love Fantastic Mr. Fox and this certainly is not that but uh, it's just he just makes films in such a different way than everybody else like certainly tonally and I found it refreshing uh, especially to be watching it right now which is to say like at the end of the summer, and so I've just the movies I've been watching for the last two or three months, they're they're all just kind of similar tonally. And so to watch this and be like, oh, that's right, I forget there are some filmmakers that just do things their own way. Uh, and so that was something that I really appreciated. And uh, yeah, I'd say I, I mostly liked it. And then I've been rewatching Futurama, uh, which has been a lot of fun. Especially I, I'm I've seen all of the seasons, but like the last two, I'm not super familiar with. So it's been fun to kind of it's been fun to kind of familiarize myself with those. The last two being the ones that aired on um, Comedy Central. Uh, is that where they aired? I don't even remember. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, like yeah. because it's the first four, five that were Fox, and then in, like it had four, four on Fox. Okay, yeah, then yeah. like the last couple were on Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I've seen a few things I want to make note of. Uh, first is a film called Night Comes On. Have any of you ever heard this movie? No, I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah, it um, it's directed by uh, what's her name, Jordana Spiro, who is an actress that's appeared in a number of things. This is like I think it's her yeah, it's her feature length directorial debut. Um, it's about a a young woman. She's like eight. She's just she's turning eighteen. She's just got out of a juvenile detention center. Um, and she has the film kind of slowly reveals it, so I won't go too much into it. But basically, she things have transpired where she and her ten-year-old uh, sister eventually connect again, and they go on a trip to get some sort of vengeance for things that have occurred. And um, hmm. it's quite good. And the the lead actress's name is um, Dominique Fishback. She's very good in it, um, and it's. Uh, you know, it's 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 like a it doesn't it doesn't take place over much a long period of time. It's just more of a look at these characters and particularly the the, the main actress and just how she's dealing with life, having to deal with both a tragedy and getting older and having to take care of her sister. And it's a it's a, just a really well acted kind of independent movie. Uh, so that's that's Night Comes On, which is it's available on a streaming. It's in it's in like it's very select theaters, but yeah, I know I rented it on a prime cause I, a friend of the show, Jason Coleman, he, rec- he, he recommended it. And I was like, okay, I'll check that oh, out. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Also, um, because black Klansman came out, I was checking, I was uh, catching up on, not catching up. I was rewatching. I rewatched four little girls, Spike Lee's uh, documentary, um, about the, uh, the four girls mm-hmm. that were, uh, <laughs> bombed at a Baptist church, um, back in what, the sixties. Um, <laughs> and uh Spike Lee we're gonna talk a lot more about him next week when we talk about Black Klansman, but in addition to the many films that I really enjoy from him, um uh, like uh, as in uh, cinematic features, um his documentary films they're all very good and uh or not all but I mean they're he's a very good documentary filmmaker, so I'm trying to say. And Four Little Girls is certainly that's it has to be I am trying to think of one that's better than that, but Four Little Girls is very, very good. Um 
and uh, that was uh, it, it was nominated for best documentary I yeah ninety seven or something it didn't it was, win it was in this weird time where it can be both an Emmy nominee and a documentary or an Oscar nominee and it, it won the Emmy I believe but it, oh, okay. it, it didn't win the Oscar um but yeah so I watched Four Little Girls um and um. Those other things I watch, I want to keep this thing moving. So I'll just mention I watched the Thirty Nine Steps, which is an old Alfred Hitchcock oh, film. Oh, from that's a great one. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, I, I saw. This is the first time I've seen it in full. I saw parts of it back way back when I was in college, and I was, they were showing parts of it in one of the film classes I was in. So I watched the whole thing because I have the Criterion Blu-ray now, and it's yeah, it's, it's spectacular. It's a great kind of precursor to North by Northwest, but it still works well on its own. Um, and it's it's just it's just a really really good. Uh, uh, wrong man slash chase movie that just plays to much of Al Hitchcock's you know better sensibilities and it's it's lean um, it's very fun um, to watch it's suspenseful at times but like the way it, it's neat to see how how much of a sense of humor he had about his his kind of very familiar plot devices this early on in his career. Um, yeah, you say lean. I mean, his some of his early films are so short. I mean, I think it might even be less than ninety minutes long, and it's just incredible. Like how he creates this film that's just so rich and everything in such a short amount of time. It's quite mm-hmm. a talent. I mean, I mean, we all know that Alfred Hitchcock is a genius, but I'm just who? Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> always kidding. amazed at just like at his talent. Yeah, so, sure. All right, that's on a quiz. Yeah, let's move on now. Let's get to our let's get to our trailer talk. We talk about what the newest movie trailers of the week, what we thought of it, when it's coming out, what have you. Um, this week we're talking The Nun, which I know came out a little while back, but we haven't talked about it yet. Well, yeah, and um, I figured this, this kind of ties in as far as a suspense feature. <laughs> um, it's coming pretty soon. Um, all this to say, though, I'm actually excited to see this movie. Um, I you yeah, are the, this con- this Conjuring oh. universe. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it, it's it's better than the than WB's other cinematic universe with uh you know those DC characters. Um, I like the Conjuring and the Conjuring Two. I didn't like the first Annabelle, but Annabelle Creation was great and maybe my favorite of this current universe. So I'm inclined to really enjoy the Nun. I, I like the, the setup here. The trailer does everything. I'd want it to. It doesn't really spoil much. It gives you an idea of the tone of the film. It gives you one scare to look forward to among hopefully many more this crew that james wan's assembled to kind of put these films together is generally been pretty solid so i i I, i'm not gonna say it's like my most anticipated film but at the same time compared to something like i don't know slender man that came out this week as far as mainstream horror goes sure why not the nun let's see what else it does mark how about you uh well so i liked uh, the Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. I thought they were good, uh, solidly put together uh, horror films. Um, I did not see Annabelle or Annabelle Creation, um, so I, I don't have a strong desire to see this particular film. However, um, <laughs> I will give the trailer credit. I mean, it's it's sort of a standard scare, but there is a scare in the trailer, and it, it fooled me. Like, I was staring at the scene and my eyes were here and all of a sudden something else comes out and so and then it ends so it's it's uh if there's like a sort of a classiness to the trailer that leads me to believe that maybe this film will also be uh classy so uh i'm not really dying to see it in the way you are but uh i'm open-minded that it it, it could be good i think you like the animal creation it's a, it's a solid movie well you know and the reviews for that are like 
like night and day from the previous Annabelle. Like, yeah, it's a it's a big improvement. <laughs> and and the movie actually did better too, which is oh, kind yeah. of rare. Usually you expect the sequels to do you know less, but this one so. I, I, should I just should I just skip Annabelle and just go right to Annabelle creation? You can. It doesn't really. It doesn't Probably. matter. Probably. <laughs> like, okay. There is a connection you can find, but I mean, no, you don't need to suffer through that first film to get what going what's to going get on. It, right. Again, creation's a prequel, <laughs> so it's like. Well, and, and as is the, as is the nun too. This is a prequel to everything. Yeah, the, the nun's a prequel to everything. This universe is <laughs> keep going backwards. It's moving it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to go way back. Like a horror movie in the Stone Age <laughs> that starts all this. Abe, where, where are you at? We should write one. Uh, as far as the Conjuring universe goes, I, I like the Conjuring universe, and you and I are fans of James Wan. Uh, I, I, didn't see I like the we, have, we have to entertain the fact that we're talking about the Conjuring universe. That's not beyond me that we're doing that. Like, no, <laughs> it, it, that's exactly the the realm that I was going to lead off with anyway. You just happened to mention it as well. But... Um, as far as the trailer goes, sure, fine. It's it's kind of like a, some simple setup and also a scene from the movie, which, again, like Marco, I was effectively, you know, looking at one thing and they kind of got me with another, so I'd probably uh, probably just leave this movie kind of just, you know, having the, uh, the living Jesus scared out of me. So with all that being said, though, I, I want it to do well, and it seems like it's one of those movies that people will go and flock to see just because they, they are familiar with this character now, as, as weird as it is for us to say that. But they certainly have seen this character in, like, four movies, uh, if not if not three to four movies. But, um, you know, uh, let's see let's see where it goes. I mean, it, it can't be worse than, like, what Aaron mentioned, Slenderman, which I completely forgot opened this past weekend. Most well. people did, because it got, like, rearranged there, like, two weeks ago to be opening against the Meg. And it's like, oh, okay, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's the the nun thing because I find this fascinating that that the fact that that character exists it came out of like Conjuring two that was like a last minute addition from James Wan like that was something that's like he needed a way to make the movie work and so that was part of like the reshoots they added this nun character and now it gets its own movie that's that's yeah. wild <laughs> as far as how that works but that's great work but um. Tyler, I know you, you haven't you don't tend to watch trailers too much, I'm, I'm aware, right? Uh not really. I try to avoid them if I can. And then with this one in particular, uh, because I've only ever seen the first conjuring, mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't seen any of the Annabelle movies, I didn't even see the the Conjuring Two, which I heard great things about. Uh but yeah, so I opted to uh to sit this one out because I don't like to watch trailers and I would have almost no frame of reference for this. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. The um the nun arrives in theaters uh, September seventh, so just a little over, a little under a month away, and uh, yeah, that's uh, the, the week after our summer gamble comes to a close. <laughs> so we'll get ready for that. Um, and I'm, I'm sure WB is like, well, it made all that money last year, so we can make all that money this year with uh, another Conjuring movie. Probably, probably not. Don't be surprised. It's been playing all summer. That's why I kept it in mind. It's like I keep seeing the trailer for the nun all the time. But uh, anyway. Let's move on. Let's get to our main review for The Meg. System go for descent. We should find all sorts of species. Completely unknown to science. There is something down here. Oh my god. It's Megalodon. 
He's kidding, right? Megalodons were thought to have been extinct. They're not getting eaten by some prehistoric fish. You sure about this? Not really. If you want me to go instead, I will. I got this, Meg. Okay, good. You saw his line. That should have been some of the trailer for The Meg. It took 20 years to bring The Meg to the big screen, but here we have it. After bouncing around between studios and filmmakers, the first novel of a seven-book series concerning giant megalodon sharks has found its way to becoming a cinematic event of sorts for the summer. Jason Statham stars as a rescue diver with a traumatic past to to... to rescue some explorers from the bottom of the ocean the only problem is his rescue mission ends up being the perfect opportunity for a giant shark thought to be extinct to rise back up to the surface with him it will now be up to this team of ocean researchers to handle it tyler yes how how, um how familiar are you with this with this meg series um and what do you think of the film okay so uh when i was in high school uh, actually, was that high school? Maybe middle school. I don't remember. Anyway, um, I read a, a book called The Trench, which, as it turns out, was the second book in the Meg series. And so as I was reading like the 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 prologue, I, like they were describing a lot of really big stuff that happened. And I thought, wow, this is a lot to fit into a prologue. That's when I realized like, <laughs> oh, yes, OK, it's it's recapping a book I haven't read. And that's why they're like, it's like, wow, they're rushing through some. It's, it feels like this is the story. Oh, got it. OK. So then I went back and read uh, The Meg. And because I was a big fan of uh, Peter Benchley, who did not write uh, these books, he wrote Jaws. And then and I read uh beast and white shark and a couple of other of his books so i was just really into this type of of uh this type of book and they're not very good really at all um (laughs) they are written really sell me on the books there (laughs) yeah they're they're completely functional there's no question in my mind that the books were you know when was when was meg written i believe 97 1997 exactly so that's what that's four years after the movie jurassic park like everything about meg uh seems like something that was uh, that was greenlit uh or i guess whatever you want to say in the publishing world uh because jurassic park was such a hot commodity and so fun fact um, the 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 book was they did purchase the rights to it early on and they wanted to get it ready to go back as I said it took like twenty years to make this movie but yeah, the yeah. the reason they while. backed down was because Warner Brothers at the time before they had the right Disney had the rights at the time to the book uh, Warner Brothers had Deep Blue Sea in production and so they didn't yeah. want to they didn't want to compete with that <laughs> so that's where they are <laughs> yeah it is kind of weird that it's taken this long like rather uh, it, it's something I would check on every once in a while not because I cared that much but just because I was curious like I remember thinking like it's odd this isn't this hasn't been a movie yet and then it, yeah it's been in development hell for 20 years um and yeah it's it's functional it's schlocky uh and here's a fun fact the movie as far as the climax goes the movie really tones it down compared to what the book was mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that and we've all seen the movie and we know that the climax is not necessarily subdued but uh but like the, the, I don't know, it's it winds up being just like mono a mono kind of thing, and the book is that as well, but in a so much more ridiculous way. And so think of the movie that we're talking about, and now think of something being more ridiculous than that, and that's the <laughs> and that's the book. But uh, 
But yeah, so I was when I saw that this was announced, I was excited for it. Not that I had any high expectations at all. I just uh, it seemed schlocky and fun, but I was totally prepared to hate it. And I wound up uh, not hating it. Aaron, you and I went to the same screening and we spoke after. And uh, much to both of our surprise, uh, we did not hate this movie. In fact, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of rooting for it. All right. All right. Mark, where are you at with the Meg? So I have sort of the same like mentality as I was walking in, like, oh, this looks kind of schlocky and goofy and I'm ready to love this thing. And I had the opposite reaction. I walked out hating it. I, 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 I thought this movie was just awful. Um, it's just – first of all, I think the picture there's, – there's sort of a, a – a, you can be really st- so stupid and, and, and dumb <laughs> and be in on the joke that it can be fun. Or you can be – like serious and, and give us a good script and a story. This movie doesn't do either. It's it's neither it, it takes itself too seriously on one side, but not seriously enough to give us a good script. So it's this middle ground where it's just conspicuously bad. And the problem I had is they set up all of these characters that they spend so much time with and very give us very little of the shark. I mean it's called the Meg, so I was expecting there to be more about the shark. But we get this father, uh, adult father, and his adult daughter relationship, which is totally uninteresting. And then we have this, you know, the daughter and then her daughter, a little girl. That's uninteresting. Um, I think Jason Statham brings his usual stoic resolve that I expect. I like Jason Statham, actually. Uh, So that was part of the reason why I was walking into this thinking it was going to be sort of goofy fun. And I think Jason Statham brings what he's supposed to. So I think he's fine. But everyone else in this film is, is not good. And I know this is an international cast of actors that are, you know, have a lot of uh, credits and I'm not impugning their acting craft, but Whatever their talent is, it's not on display here. And the script is bad. It's 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 they just spend too much time with the people, and I, th- that was uninteresting. And I think a lot of it too is they sort of like go about their business, and then all of a sudden the shark appears, and it's like a surprise instead of like let's go get the shark, and then you know kind of set up suspense. It's not set up in a way like the original Jaws, which obviously this film wants to be, you know, where you're looking for the shark, and then you build up this suspense, like where is it? This shark just sort of appears. In fact, the shark appears uh, fairly soon in the in the film. It pops up, and there, it's sort of just sort of like perfunctory, and then it disappears for a while, and there's really only one good scene in this film, and that's this plastic shark tank that the girl goes in, and, and the shark bites mm. it. I thought that was good, but that's really the only scene in the entire film that I was sort of like excited to see. The rest of it, I thought it was just a lot of dreary dialogue, and, and then also I thought the special effects were bad, um, and then it's just a lot of cliches. And so I, there was really nothing here for me to recommend. All right. Abe, where All are right. you at? I am somewhere in between. Uh, there is a lot to like about this movie, and there's a lot to dislike. I didn't outright love it, and I, I didn't outright hate it. It's, it's kind of like one of those... Uh, balancing acts where it's it's 
I, I wouldn't say that this is a movie that I would say, hey, you know, you should drop everything and go out and, and go see it right away. As far as uh, what I did like about the movie, I, it's competently made. I mean, it, the money is on the screen, obviously. There's, there's like, some really good uh, movie making to be done. I, it, it's... It seems proper. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like I was expecting. I was half expecting something that you would see, not Sharknado type stuff, but really like uh, you know, straight to DVD type. He's got a hundred fifty million dollars to spend. So it's... <laughs> I, I I understand. I know that's what I'm saying. It's like I I'm glad that they made a movie where it looks good, and you know, John Turtletop is he's he's directed some uh, some big budget action movies as well. But with all that being said, though, I agree with Mark that there's a lot of characters here, and those characters. If you're not going to make the shark interesting, at least make the people interesting, and they kind of don't do either, because the, the characters are kind of shallow. You get a lot of them. There's uh, some people that like more than others. Um, Cliff Curtis, I mean, that guy has like six lines in the whole movie. I'm, I'm being hyperbolic, but they're great. I love Cliff Curtis. I, I want to see more Cliff Curtis. And the, the little girl, she's great, too. She, she's like, she got like a good sense of, uh, she's got a good brain on her shoulders kind of thing, and, and you know, kind of calming uh, one of like the engineers down when they were in a, in the water, so I like that. But uh, Jason Statham, dude, Jason Statham, I <laughs> I I love that guy, but that guy just has like one speed in movies, and if you don't like it, then you hate it. So it's one of those things where that's why I think he was so great in Spy was because uh, he's just going full blown Jason Statham, and that's like the, the, they just write the jokes for him kind of thing, and it's fantastic. But with all that being said, the Meg, I didn't really get a great sense of the the terror that was being, uh, you know, put forth. Uh, I didn't really get a sense of the size of the Meg either. I mean, you see it, it has, from overhead shots. I agree. There's no sense of scope. It, 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 it yeah. boggled. It messed up. And this is supposed to be like, well, Jaws was just a little tiny shark. This is the Meg. You know, like this is bigger and better. But it, <laughs> it, I didn't get that feel from it. Yeah, I didn't get that great feel. And so it, it kind of just doesn't really give me the thrillish feels. And then kind of just um, – I guess uh, uh, on uh, a last level here, it's kind of just the idea of uh, this Meg kind of just being around all the time. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't run away from them. It seems as though they're always like within the same you know fifty fifty some odd meters from each other all the time. It kind of just seems as though it's there whenever they need it to be there. So it's kind of a bummer. So uh, last 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 thing is I think that the pace of this movie is not very good it's it's a long movie it's like two hours and some change it's shorter than two hours and one minute is it it's like 150 (laughs) yeah oh it seems like long as shit but uh the pacing just isn't very good so it kind of doesn't keep my interest because kind of like what mark is saying they kind of go through some narrative uh they go through different narratives and they also go through different uh tones in terms of like conservation and also like chinese uh, shark fin soup stuff, and then just like going into people dying. But Abe, would you yeah. say that whenever the Meg is not on screen, everybody's saying, "Where's the Meg?" Because that's what everyone is kind of saying. I that. was saying, I, <laughs> I want to see more of the Meg. Where's but I agree with Tyler that uh, I, I agree with Tyler that you know if, if this is the goofiness level of the movie, I would love to know the goofiest level of the book. Oh my gosh. Well, the book is very the book is very self serious, uh, and the climax. Okay, I'm just going to tell you, um, the climax of the book is that Jonas Taylor, the Jason Statham character, he's in yeah. he's in a little submarine, and he decides, oh well, the only way to oh, good God, uh, this is my phrasing, not the characters, thank God, um, that uh, well, the only way to really kill this thing is from the inside out. So he 
allows his submarine to be swallowed by the Meg, at which point he gets out of his submarine. I think he has some kind of scuba gear on. He's, he's in the Meg He's right in now. the Meg uh, <laughs> and uses a knife to, like, cut through it and eventually, like, cut out its heart. And then his big – and then – yeah, I know. And then his big – then, like – Oh well, now I need to get the thing is dead, and now I need to get out, and so that's part of the part of the uh, climax. I wonder why they didn't. <laughs> this is much better. Is better. I don't know why they didn't do that. <laughs> I think it would be very difficult to visualize, and I think people yeah. would have yeah, a hard time uh, accepting yeah. it. Um, Aaron, sorry to cut it's in. It's fine. Uh, I, I mean, clearly Tyler and I are on the side of good here. No, I'm kidding. Clearly Tyler and I are on opposing sides. Um, well, of, Tyler, of, yeah, of we know you liked it because. Yeah, but I mean, but so the reasoning, um, I'm not going to I don't think either of us are arguing that it's, you know, on the 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 greatness level of, you know, one key movie being Jaws. But I do think it's it's hitting the the marks that I'm expecting this group of people, this talent to achieve. And for me, it did it quite well. I disagree about the pacing, by the way. I think the movie moves, which is why I was so happy to embrace it for what it is uh, and what I the the disagreement I have with Mark very clearly is I like this cast. I'm not going to say that they're deep characters, but I like spending time with these people when the Meg wasn't around, which is enough for me to like the movie as a whole. If the the scenes that don't involve a giant shark terrorizing people are made up of scenes of people that may not be the deepest of characters, but at least deliver lines that either make me you know smile because it's somewhat humorous, or I can enjoy the chemistry between them, or frankly gets into some interesting drama as far as recognizing that their friends are dying and expressing that out loud, or just dealing with survivor's guilt, which Jason Statham's character very much has. I liked all that stuff. I I liked that stuff in the way I disliked how Skyscraper didn't have that stuff, as far as not having fun supporting characters to kind of round out the general plot that's taking place. In addition to that, I like the shark stuff. I wouldn't say it's on the level of a better shark movie, not that there are tons of better shark movies, but there are some better shark movies. But I think for a movie that has to visualize a giant shark like this, I agree that the size ratio is not fully conveyed all the time. And that does make it problematic. That that, that ruins a lot of the suspense, but given the tone of this film, which is kind of, it can be sporadic, but at the same time, yes, it obviously has its tongue in cheek um, for a lot of the film with stopping short of winking directly at you. Um, I, it works well enough to kind of make those scenes fun. Um, in addition to Statham, I, I like Rain Wilson. I think he's playing what he needs to play here. I agree about Cliff Curtis. I mean, he doesn't have enough to do, but when he's on screen, I really like Cliff Curtis. Uh, I love that guy. Uh, the rest is like, you know, here or there as far as who they are, but I mean, they some of them get the job better, done better than others. Um, and even uh, Lee Bingbing, I think she and Jason Statham, despite the kind of unnecessary romantic oh, thing they're trying to throw in. I, I, I think love story the... <laughs> is just like out of like, oh, let's throw them together. I mean, there's absolutely no like sparks or anything there. I wouldn't say there's romantic chemistry between them, but when it's not, and it's not even handled by them, it's mainly like Cliff Curtis just saying, hey, maybe you should ask her out. Like, that's really what it amounts to. Like, there's never any emotional <laughs> and, and, and her daughter. The daughter was fine too for like, you know, like a seven year old <laughs> cotton to shark movie. I think it worked out. But I, but, but I think she and uh, Bing Lee and, and Statham, I think they. The, the scenes of them just talking together, they work. They, they work for me in a way where it's like, okay, if I'm not going to see giant shark stuff happening, 
at least like state of who gets to smile a lot more than normal in these movies. <laughs> um, at, least, at least that stuff is working. And so that's where I'm at. I think if, if I'm going to get a John Turtletub directed movie called The Meg, this is about the level I expect that to deliver. <laughs> Interesting. All okay. Right. So I want to, I want to, let's all jump into the Wayback Machine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's We're going to go back to 1995. And there was a movie called Congo, where you are the endangered yes. species. Which I did watch um, this podcast, by the way. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment, because uh, that's what we're going to do. Um, so, I know that I myself, and a lot of people my age, and a lot of people in general, did not like Congo. And it was because, hey, from the writer of Jurassic Park, and they played up these killer apes. And they played up Jurassic Park, and then you see it, and where are the apes? There's an there's an opening scene with Bruce Campbell in which uh, and uh, oh no, Grant Haslove shows up later. But anyway, John Hawks uh, there. Oh okay. Uh, oh, it's a stacked cast that movie. Neat. Yeah, I, it, I, sure I, it I sure forgot, is. I forgot Joe Pants yeah. was in that movie. Like I didn't yeah. I that completely. Joe Pants. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, playing a character named Eddie Ventro. I don't know why I know his name. But, uh, <laughs> That's a solid character but name. But the point, so so everybody wanted it to be one thing. The studio clearly was trying to capitalize on something, and it's understandable why, but it made people, it, it disappointed audiences. But here's the thing. The person that directed Congo was Frank Marshall. And I would say there's a clear line that can be drawn between Congo and the Meg. The Meg, obviously, hey, it's about a giant shark. We're going to play up the Jaws references. We're going to say, hey, this is like Jaws, but it's bigger. But it's not a horror director. It's an adventure director. And I would say that the film was not necessarily mismarketed. Obviously, there is only one uh, threat uh, in the Meg. Uh, I guess there's the giant squid. But um, but I feel like looking at the film hmm. not as a horror movie – uh, or even necessarily full-on as a creature feature, if we look at it more as an adventure movie or more specifically an expedition movie. Uh, I compare them, I would compare the movie also to The Core from 2003, um, and then Congo, and then I, there was another one that I said. I don't remember what it was, uh, Aaron, when you and I were talking, but this idea where it's like you have an ensemble cast, they are, each character is undeniably archetypical or archetypal. I never know how you say it. Um, and so you're not they're not going to delve very deeply into any of the characters. It's about watching these archetypes interact in a stressful situation. Some of them are going to die, some of them are going to make it. It's not really going to throw you for a loop. You're not going to be super surprised if there's a character that's even vaguely treacherous, they're not going to make it. We know we all know that. And so if you look at it that way, um and that and it took me a moment to realize that's what it was doing. And once I change my expectations like you know people give me crap for liking congo as much as i do but it's a movie that features you know uh a volcano talking apes true there's 
it features bad monkey, a bad woman. Go away, go away. I mean, I still remember that scene. I'm just gonna say, add my just a couple cents. I love Congo, but I love Congo in the same way that I love Anaconda or I love Jaws 3D. It's so bad that it's it's good. It it under I don't know if it understands that it's a bad movie, but it it, it has a sense of fun to it, and I, I do not think, and that's the reason why I walked into the Meg with high expectations, and then I walked out hmm. hating it. I just it just was dreary characters and it there wasn't enough shark and I, you know who are the, these dreary I, characters you're talking about though i don't i don't see that when this Ling, movie Ling, Ling. I, I think she's terrible and and uh, I, and i you know i'm sure she's a when great you're actor. saying dreary what do you mean i guess is my question now just like a really she has this uh relationship with her father i i i just wasn't getting anything from that and no, it's I, interesting uh i'm i'm with you on that uh i'm not yeah, opposed to it but it is interesting it's because that relationship and what they're trying to do with it does deviate from the concept of like an archetype. Um, and it doesn't that this type of relationship uh, is not something you often find in these types of movies that I'm talking about. And so it's when it deals with when we take the performances are fine, but when we take a moment to deal with that, uh, that's when the feel the film starts to feel a bit bogged down for me. Yeah. And that's, uh, so and that's, that's I'm, I'm where I come that. up. And that's where I come off as far as, yeah, it's not approaching anything greater than it is because of moments like that. But that's what I see him as. I see him as moments, I think, outside yeah. of a character like that dealing with her thought. Like, that doesn't occupy much much screen time. I see several other characters yeah, yeah. that I really enjoy watching, or at least have – I'm entertained by watching it. Regardless of how great the banter is, I'm still like, all right – these guys are joking around or these, these, this crew is having a moment at the bottom of the sea or whatnot. Like there's things like that, that I, I generally enjoyed. And yeah. And I, I, I want to echo your thoughts about the moments. So there's multiple moments in here and sure in, in their own little like bubble, they're very fun and they're very sweet. Sometimes they can be very, uh, uh, what's call it? Emotional as well. But, um, there's too many of them and there's no like through line that makes it really coherent. So, I, as much as I enjoy, uh, you know, uh, Masa Oka kind of doing his cool handshakes with uh, the wall, you know, the the wall. Yeah, which I, at first I thought, oh, I, I don't know, if it, maybe his last name is like the wall or something. No, his like last that. name is Wall. His first name is like, The. <laughs> but you know, He's they're doing cool handshakes and whatever else. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, lots of people in Scandinavia um, The. <laughs> But it's it's just like oh cool you know this is fun to see but what does this mean and also there's just a lot of remaining questions that I have for some of these characters as well so I definitely see both of your it's sides about their hands, uh, it's the handshake I'm, that's that's just implied like friendship like what, and what, I what, think I I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to derive meaning out of the handshake I'm saying it was nice to see it but at the same time see you later <laughs> I I definitely know that you're not gonna make it I think there is a through line. And it's one that did surprise me. Uh, and it's a through line of – and God help me. I don't mean to make this sound as lofty as it, as it does, but of a, a through line of sacrifice and grief and regret because you know, the, in movies like this, of course, it's a large ensemble, and that means a lot of, them, a lot of these characters are going to die, but they are friends – and but you but when this ha and friends and coworkers people that they get along with people they've known for probably years at this point and whenever you deal with a movie like this someone dies and then everyone just moves on and we are and we're meant to move on as well but it's surprising how often the film takes a moment uh, to have a character 
willing to say like i think the scene with the doctor uh willing to sacrifice himself is a nice moment especially because he was set up as a potential villain early on uh which i liked uh so like little moments like that and then the fact that uh characters saying like these were our friends and they're they're gone like it doesn't it doesn't hang on it too long, but it hangs on it just long enough to to give me a little bit something different than what I expected, so, and and I liked that. So I think part of that is – so when these diff- various people died, I mean like the person sacrificed himself, you, you, you felt emotional for that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so see – I, I mean it's not like I'm I crying had. or anything, but yeah. Right, right. No, I get it. But uh, I think that's part of the problem because I, I felt nothing. But I did feel that they were trying to be serious about it, and so that's where it left me cold. I would have rather had them just play it up for laughs or something. I mean, in a movie like this where See, people that, die, that, lo- that loses me though. If you if you go all the way in like that on a movie that, like this, if it's a movie on if it's a movie on TV, sure, I can get like if you can make a joke well, out of something like well, that. But that's, that is that's, sort of the that's sort of the joke in Anaconda. I mean, John Voight has a really ridiculous death in that film, and it's he, funny. well, he's he's the lame villain, but the the rest of the characters in Anaconda they do care about the fact. That they're losing each other yeah but i i think there is sort of a sense of fun to it and so in in this one the meg i didn't feel anything i i just you know for whatever reason i just didn't care about these characters at all and so and but i felt like the movie wanted me to care so that's the that's the disconnect whereas in a movie like anaconda i think they're just having fun you know uh jaws 3d it's just sort of like ah it's just we're we're you know we're we're, we're just here's the sea world and we're going to like kill these people that are on a, you know, a, 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 giving a show and stuff. And it's like fun. It's like, Oh, that's such a self silliness. But this movie, it wasn't silliness. They were trying to be serious, but then I felt nothing. I didn't care about any of these people. I, so, I, I both think, Anaconda has, I, think really Anaconda, I think Anaconda has more seriousness than you're remembering. And the Meg has less seriousness than you're giving it credit for. And there is there one of Perhaps. one of the deaths in the Meg is treated humorously, and it's a character that is, if there is a human villain of it, it is uh, yeah. a certain character, it's, and yeah, that, his death is is treated uh, humorously. It's the it's the same it's the it's in the line of thinking of John Voight's character in Anaconda. Yeah. By the way, I want to mention that in the in the opening sequence of the movie, uh, I knew what I was getting into because. When Jason Statham decides to close the hatch and they leave, and the doctor's like, "What are you doing?" and then it blows up like two seconds later. I was like, "This is exactly the movie that I want to see." Unfortunately, it just didn't carry out that way. And there was, I, and I, I, oh, go ahead. Just in the original, uh, in the very beginning, Jason Statham uh, does this underwater dive, and a whole bunch of people die. And then he goes back and says, you know, talks about the Meg, and no one believes him. I mean, all these people died. Like, really? Yeah. You're, you're, give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to be fair they died because the thing no, they, they had it on video and they watched it back and, and then he was about to kill the guy in the video so it was great to be fair they died because the thing exploded and he like it, it wasn't because the shark ate all of them like, no ah, but yeah i know i know but what i found funny was like the doctor's like you should have saved those two other guys and killed the rest of us no, yeah that's well. that's the kind of thing that i that gets to me it's like well i mean the thing clearly blew up right away it's like what else was he i know of, you didn't like, see it blow regardless up. of whatever reason jason statham gives as to why he closed the hatch it's like that seemed like the right thing to do guy like i don't know right <laughs> that guy's just giving a whole bunch of guff for like the next like 15 years this guy was seeing things in the dark and actually something that i like about that opening sequence is that we do see like the hull of the submarine start to like implode a little bit and it's implied that something is pushing on it or has banged against it but we never actually see what it is and so it could just be 
like the pressure from the water coming in. And I like like it wasn't clear to me immediately that it's something on the outside. There, there, there is a thing there just that this is a rescue gone bad like that. And I like that it was just a little for me, just a little bit vague. And then when he says, like, no, there was there was something out there. But I like that we were never allowed to see that thing. And so maybe he is crazy. We know because the movie is called The Meg and it's about a giant megalodon that he's not. But um, but I, you know, I would not call John Turtletop a master filmmaker, but I think he is he's a dependable journeyman. And I think he has. I think he has pretty good instincts when it comes to what to show, you know, when it comes to what he shows the audience and what he doesn't. He's had some big successes, both like, I mean, just to name two, Phenomenon and National Treasure were huge hits in their day. So he he's he's definitely I mean, and here again, I think he's he's delivered a product that is uh, we'll have to see in the next few weeks. But it seems like it's it's delivering. I mean, it is expensive, but in the international market, I'm sure it'll. Re- oh, re- oh, it's it's already made re- back it's gonna re- yeah it's gonna re- so he's yeah, he's definitely so. a guy that you know you hire him and and he delivers. I think it's de- it's delivering yeah. in a way where it you do get what you pay for. I, I think as far as the like the general audience is concerned, it's like the the the, the, I, I wanna, I wanna the marketing like, is showing you just, Jason Statham and a giant shark, and the movie gives it oh, does sure. give you a lot so, of that. Yeah, I just do don't think there was enough yeah. of the shark though. I want to and and I want to like totally you know thank you audience members sitting around me who were you know shrieking every time that the shark came on screen <laughs> and whatever else just because that really added to my excitement level, even though I wasn't really into the movie, it, it certainly made me realize that, yeah, like what Aaron was saying, the general audience members, they came to see a movie, a giant shark movie with Jason Statham in it, and they got it. I, I can't say that there's not enough of the shark, because I think there's just enough. I don't, I don't think... I want to test people. I, 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 I want to... Less I, I admire that there is a level of restraint before we finally get like a lot of Meg action. Like you get a yeah. good amount of time. And again, this does come down to this line of thinking where Tyler and I seem to be more on board with the kind of ensemble cast going on than you guys do. I mean, that if yeah. you don't like that, then yes, you're not going to get much out of this movie at that point. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I, the restraint that I was giving them kudos for was kind of like the Jaws restraint where they didn't show the shark till like, well, Jaws, they showed it much later, but for this one, yeah, they didn't show it right away. Like what Tyler was mentioning, they, they could have easily shown you the shark in the opening sequence in the movie. But they didn't, and you know, part of that might be because uh, they need to explore what that whole entire like mesothelial layer was at the bottom of the ocean. I also uh, rewatched jo- where the kaiju. I, I rewatched are. Jaws last night too because why not? I watch that any time of day. I tried to rewatch um, that on Amazon, and I just stopped. So I was like, I'm too scared. I, I rewatched Jaws, and, and it's like, yeah, obviously that's like the top tier of you know movies in general, but but shark movies for sure, as far as its approach yeah. and everything that goes with it. So it's like I, I'm not getting lost in <laughs> my thoughts on the Meg versus something like Jaws. But, but here's another sure. one. Uh, I'll just throw this one out because we've been, been naming a lot of like goofy movies like, you know, Deep Blue Sea and stuff. But uh, I thought The Shallows was with Blake Lively. I thought about it was that movie really too. good. Like that's actually- I good quality. i adore the shallows i think yeah. it's a really yeah. wonderful film with a bit of a clunky script at, script at times but but that's actually again that's a very that is the exact opposite of an ensemble plays film. Right, right. Plus, and it's also it is trying yeah. to be a good film and it is a good film yeah. it's it's not trying to be goofy or anything like that they like y- be- young collette sarah is not necessarily a better or worse director than john hurdle but it's certainly a more visually distinctive one right right, right. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, that's a you know. Yeah, that that movie to me it's half a star better. So you know, get good on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. if, if I have a question for you guys. Yeah, 
I've got a question for you guys. What happened to the uh, the missile that Jason Statham had tried to fire uh, from his little uh, underwater vessel? Does it just never go off, or is it is there an armed missile at the bottom of the ocean now? Probably. That's for the Meg too. <laughs> that's like the that's like the bar that's the Barbasol can from Jurassic Park. You never quite know what's going to happen with yeah, it. I like it. Dog is going to pick I it like up it. and make a bunch more missiles and uh, go, yeah. go down and explore underneath the uh, Marianas Trench. Yeah. Speaking of which, for Meg two, perhaps I I did enjoy what they did with the title end end credit uh, of the the name sinking to the bottom, which was I thought was very clever. <laughs> But I also really enjoy the way that they use they chose to say Finn. <laughs> that was so stupid, and I loved it. Yeah, I wish yeah, more I was of that. Like a, a shark to jump out was in the film, yeah. but yeah, that was cute. I, I agree with you, Mark. I agree with you. Yeah. But I thought it was very clever. Like, hmm, well done. And I did like that the dog's name is Pippin. Uh, because I believe is that a callback to something? Yeah, I believe in Jaws, uh, a guy's looking for his dog, and I thought his dog's name was Pippin. Yeah. Like with a T, uh, but it might just be the way the actor is delivering it. But yeah, so in Jaws, uh, a guy's playing fetch with his dog at the beach, and then the dog is missing, uh, and he's calling out like, Pippet, uh, Pippet, Pippet. It, it's just and, the Amityville accent, that's all. Okay, Sorry, yeah. the Amity Island accent. Amity there we go. Uh, Amityville's a much wonderful, uh, different wonderful place. Yeah, so, it's probably. just a ghost dog there. Yeah. Oh, ghost dog. Like um, the Jim Jarmusch cool. ghost dog. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I assumed you were talking about. <laughs> okay, good, thank you. Yeah. Very well done. Did you guys uh, think of, that the the Meg was flowing a little bit too close to shallow water toward the uh, climax sequences? What do you mean? Seems that those people weren't that far out into the sea when they were when they were uh, having their summer day break, and the Meg seems like it could have easily beached itself. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking. <laughs> I mean, they. If you want to go that route, they do show a good level of distance between water and ocean floor. By yeah, way, I don't, of, by I don't way think of the, the science of the way, film is something we should of, need to debate. By, by way of the platforms that were anchored down below, there was a good. This a is stretch of, of space and water between those two things. But yes, I mean it does once again convey how somewhat inconsistent we are as far as how big this mech is supposed sure. to be, or at least have us on board of a consistent size. And I right. one thing so there are two things I I, I wanted to ask, uh, sure. and I guess one is more just a thought that I had. So we talked about Rain Wilson's character, and actually he's probably my least favorite character in the film because the film doesn't seem to understand what it wants him to be. Yeah, he is he is like this billionaire, but at first he seems like a like a social network Mark Zuckerberg like eccentric but benevolent billionaire, uh, but then he becomes greedy at one point and then not and then he's just really inconsistent i don't like I don't are we blame... supposed to hate him or we're not that is that what you were saying yeah is he supposed to be like a, a a force for greed like at one point he seems to say that but also it's not super clear like how he thinks money can be made from this like it's it's a very i feel like they wanted to do everything with that character and so they and they just didn't decide on any one thing and they just kind of left it up to the actor to try to sell and he does his best but i feel like he just doesn't really like i got a sense every character is fairly two-dimensional so i got a pretty good read on all of them but he's one where it's just from one scene to the next i could never tell exactly what uh he was going to be and it uh frustrated me 
There was even, like, some murky waters when he gets in a helicopter toward the middle of the movie, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. I don't like it. But then but then something else plays out, and I was like, this is kind of well, cool. Well, it's, it's a matter of he's trying to save face for his company by not going to certain extents. Yeah, I, t- I totally get that, itself. but I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure what he was going to do in the next scene. So I, I, whether, I whether it was saying. going to affect like, animals or whether it was going to affect I, I completely agree with what Tyler, you're saying as far as how the character's designed to be. I do enjoy that there's a bit of ambiguity towards that middle part, towards towards the <laughs> the end of that character's run <laughs> of as far as because yeah. he gives a he gives a good speech at one point and then yeah. it kind of works against itself after that point. But I'm like, well. He could have still meant the sentiments, but it's just handling it in a different sort of way. As far as characterization in this movie goes, it doesn't get that deep. But I can appreciate yeah. that there is some, there's more than one layer that I can at least reach to as far as analyzing it for the purpose of nitpicking on a podcast. Yeah, my last nitpick is, do you guys think that uh, one person's wife ever gets his letter? Yeah, sure. Oh, that's a good point. I was, I was okay, because, you know, the person, the person who has it is also... Not in the movie. When, when, you, the movie. when you don't get distress letters shoved into your pocket, you don't immediately uh, go to the go to the old um, <laughs> uh, post office. Oh, the old uh, no, you just take a picture on your phone and just email that right away. That's like that. You don't do that. <laughs> Uh, along those lines, uh, the yeah. person whose uh, pocket the note is in. Um, so he, uh, I'm sorry, guys, he doesn't make it. Um, and a few other people don't as well. And so I wanted to explore just how hellish it would be to actually be eaten by this thing. Because you're basically swallowed alive. Like, there is no chomping down on you. Uh, yeah. There was for one character, but that's because he was... In a position part, that made that something. Yes, he was yeah. part of something else uh, that was right. going on. And so all these other characters, they essentially just get swallowed whole. Well, you're not going to die immediately from that. You know, this is why when you explained the ending of the book, Meg, I was like, this could totally work. It, yes, it could. Uh, and I was I was hoping that it would do it. But it just got me thinking, like, so would these characters, would they I, I guess they would drown or they have to be drowning between the, the ocean water and whatever stomach. Yeah. Aisle, what have you is would kill you pretty inst- not instantly. But and even. I don't like know. One way or it's, another, it's they're an, not getting... It's an getting, awful death. One way or another, they're not getting death. Uh, they're, they're not getting uh, air, so they are yeah, suffocating one way or another. And I don't know what the compression is like inside of the you know the gullet of a shark, but I right, imagine it probably gets squeezed as well. And, so, and going underwater, too, the pressure... There's a lot of things we can explore. This there's, a lot of, there's a lot of science that kind of didn't make sense. So like, you know, the other thing that I want to point out was when they, when they have a shark on a boat... Like, I was like, those gills are huge on the side of its yeah. uh, on the side of its body. I was like, somebody could perhaps somebody could slip through those, right? So you know, I don't right. know. They're, they're, like what you guys are saying, there's a lot of uh, unknowns here that, that the movie doesn't bother to go into. Like why Jason Statham can go and take off his mask at the bottom of the sea to save a few uh, sailors. <laughs> okay, it's a question I had right away. I was like, wait a minute, the pressure's so immense here. Why does he not have oxygen? He took his uh, pressure pills. <laughs> All right. Yeah, in the uh, whatever machine. The Wayback Machine. There's no face on the machine in this one. Disappointed. Any other thoughts on the Meg before we start moving on? Um, do you think that The Rock was upset that this movie is doing better than his movie, even though both of them have 
a Chinese guest. Uh, uh, we'll see where things go. Skyscrapers made two hundred eighty-one million dollars so far. <laughs> I think he, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, his, yeah. His, I, I think The Rock is fine with it. His show just started to get an HBO, and he still has more movies coming out. I presume he's like in fourteen other like TNT documentary series about weightlifting. So I mean, he's I think he's he, got he's still counting his money from Jumanji. So he's he's oh, he's doing man. just fine. All right. Well, if we're done with talking about the Meg, let's talk about where people should go and see this movie. When should people go and see the Meg? Uh, Mark, let's start with you. Uh, what is, what's the bottom? I mean, no, I don't think I would say don't go see it. Wow. This, whoa. Yeah. Wow, okay. No, I didn't. You hated it that much. I just feel like there's other films that satisfy what this film wanted to do. Yeah. Hey, each of us have a bottom for the summer. For you, it's the Meg. For me, it's Equalizer 2. So there you go. Well, see, I, uh, I didn't see that. So. It's got awful. Well, Tyler, where would you say people see the Meg? Uh, I do think that it's it, it a person would benefit from seeing it in the theater. Uh, I'd say find a theater that is uh, not super expensive. And I would say see it during the day. Um, okay. It doesn't seem like a nighttime movie to me. Uh, like see it during the day when it's nice and hot out. Uh, and then, uh, you know, spend some time in a nice air conditioned theater for not a lot of money and, uh, and enjoy, but also it's important. This, this film is one that like, I recommend if you just, if you go in with the right expectations. And so Aaron and I have been trying to give people the right expectation of what to expect from this movie. It's not Jaws, it's Congo. Abe? (laughs) I would say this is a TV movie. This is something you can watch on TBS when it's playing uh, down the line with commercials. I'm uh, I'm with Tyler's uh, approximation of things here. I think a, a matinee showing of the Meg would be would be good fun. Um, I think the movie does what it's what I was expecting it to do. I think it does it to 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 a functional degree. I'm not going to say it's great, but it is it is good fun when it wants to be. Okay. All right. Well, that's the Meg. It's out now. Uh, made $44 million this weekend, which is still, <laughs> I, I was caught, I took a breath when I saw that this morning. I was like, Oh, wow. That's, that's well, not, yeah. and especially people were saying that it was going to underperform. People yeah. were saying that it was only going to make like 20. And so when right. it made as much as it did, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Cause I thought like, I, I know that this is not a thing. Who cares if a movie's a sequel, as long as it's good or, you know, a remake or whatever. And this, while obviously <laughs> It's not the most original film. It still is not. It's not a sequel and it's not a remake. Uh, and so in its own way, I was just kind of happy that it did it uh, well. Um, and I don't know what audiences think of it. I don't know if they enjoy it. But, you know, the screening that Aaron and I went to, uh, it was a mixture of critics and, uh, you know, normies. And uh, they seem to be really invested and seem to really enjoy it. So. I'm excited that okay. uh, that it made as much money as it did. It got a B plus as Cinema Score, which, yeah, is, like right. an, which is like an average rating on Cinema Score. Yeah. It's like not not terrible. It's like average. Yeah. yeah, it's not. I mean, A and A minus are really like good though. So the B plus does start to get a little bit. But A is like you have to know that Cinema Score curve for sure. Yeah, right. A is certainly but, like A is certainly like yeah. A A minus is still like a. It's above average. C, uh, C plus is death. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, C, C, yeah. Even B minus is like, ugh. It, it's starting, <laughs> yeah. See, I, I don't know. See, we, we as Asians all know this because this is actually how our report cards go. Okay. <laughs> right. C minus. C? 
that's you don't even go home. That's not even worth. You brought you. great dishonor to your family. Well, you, I, I would say exactly beach right, less yeah. is kind of dishonor, actually. <laughs> that is, yeah. That's why anything, even an A minus is like not even that great. Wow. We'll talk about this during more during Crazy Rotations. Slender Man got a D minus, by the way. I just wanted to point that out because it's well, wow, those are wow. So that's they awful. Always do badly. Yeah. Almost well, always. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. What uh, hey, what time is it? Aaron, I think it's time for uh, a fun game here. Let her know, in fact, that's actually the song that was going to play when they uh, before they decided to use the whale sonar at the climax of the May. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. Yeah, Aaron keeps on getting like dismissed from Hollywood's uh, you know uh, music works. It's really unfortunate. Yeah, Giacchino really has it in for me, so he spread my name around in the bad sense. Uh, so. Michael, no. um, I have a game for you guys this week. It is called Shark Math. Okay. How does this work? Okay, so every film that's an answer to this question has shark in the title. And basically, I'm going to give you an equation um, that puts shark with other things, and you have to tell me what that equals. So, for example, shark plus tornado equals... Sharknado. Exactly. Oh, okay. So that's where we're going to go from here. All right? These are real titles. They're all real movies. movies, yes. How many titles have shark something with I had them? to stop at 10, but I can guarantee you there's a lot more. <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. So do how this. do we do this again? We say our name and then the answer? If you think you know the answer, say your name first, shout it out, and then say the answer. This is exhausting. All right. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> shark plus poltergeist. Uh, Abe? Ghost, Ghost shark. shark is the correct answer. Boom. I didn't even know that was a movie. I didn't know it was a movie either. I just figured out what was the most. I know. I was going to guess Ghost Shark because it's like, well, I guess there's probably something called that. Otherwise, Aaron wouldn't be throwing this out there. You need to use that logic for every one of these questions here. You're not going to get very far. Good to know. Okay. Okay. So next one. Shark plus dinosaur. Um, I think I've actually seen this. Abe. Oh. Shark versus dinosaur? No. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's dinosaur versus shark. Hmm. It has shark in the title. Oh. They all have shark in the title. Okay. Wow. Oh. Uh, Mark. Okay. Mark. Dino shark. Dino shark is the correct <laughs> answer. Dino oh my god! That was a complete guess. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the next one. Shark plus bayou. Uh, For the last one, by the way, I was I was assuming one of you might have guessed Sharkosaurus, but that was yeah. Mark, what do you think? Swamp shark. Swamp shark is the correct answer. Okay, I'm going to start actually guessing what I'm thinking. I'm afraid of looking. It's not going to stop you. (laughs) I'm afraid of looking dumb, but you know what? I think we all look. I think we're all losing. These are all made from like yeah. These are all made from like that terrible movie studio. Here's, Here's the next one. Big shark plus big mollusk. Say mollusk. Yes. Oh 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 Tyler. Yep. yep. Uh, let's see. Is it mega shark versus giant octopus? That is correct, Tyler. Ooh, uh... Wow. All right. Okay. Here's the next. Smith one. on the board. Yep. Here's the for, for the three. Shark plus the situation times Snooky. Um. Abe. Abe. 
Jersey Shore meets Shark. Mark, if he doesn't get it. <laughs> I, I like the idea that there would be people called Jersey Shore meets the Shark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never seen this. Jer- <laughs> That's not it. I know it. Yeah, Mark? Jersey Shore Shark Attack. That is correct. What? What is this? Is that a movie? Yes. It does feel like an oversight that they didn't well, you have just to, called Jersey you Shark. Have, you have to watch sci-fi films. That's the problem. Oh, okay. My Here's the next one. Shark plus Desert. Oh, 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 Tyler. Tyler. Sand Shark? Sand Shark is correct. Right. Here's the next one. Shark minus Sun times dimensions what the hell minus s-u-n <laughs> yes minus the sun s-u-n i mean he could be he could be missing a shark baby <laughs> i heard you say <laughs> um hmm abe abe the great time traveling shark it <laughs> incorrect Okay all, okay, all I've got, okay, Tyler, all I've got is Little Night Sharks, but I know that's probably not right, uh, but I but I want it to be true. It's it's incorrect. I'll say this. This is the only movie that actually, like, made it to the big screen as far as these movies go. Wait, wait, so, so, what was it again? Shark minus sun times dimension. And Tyler was on the times right. Dimension. Times dimension? Times oh, dimension. Yeah. Okay, okay, Shark Knight 3D? That's correct. Nice. What? <laughs> Well, sort, of, uh, sort of set it up, but I like I, I like the I like your clue of the interdimensions now the 3D part. I said times dimension, but yes, okay. times dimension. Okay. <laughs> I prefer Little Night Sharks. Well, I prefer the, the Great Shark. I, I want to see Little Night Sharks. Can can we yeah. get that made? Death has never been so cute. <laughs> Here we go. Shark plus Cancun. Hmm. I want to say. Tyler. Tyler. Shark Beach? Incorrect. Abe. Abe? Spring Break Shark. I'm going to give it to you. It's Spring Break Shark Attack. Ah, yes, thank you. These are so obscure and ridiculous that I'm just mashing things together. Thank you, yeah. Here's the next one. There's two more. Shark plus Snowy Alps. (laughs) Oh, oh, Tyler. Tyler. I gotta stop saying oh. I'm just oh, it's, it's me stalling while I think of what it could be. Uh, uh, shark avalanche or shark avalanche? <laughs> or Bruce also, It's Bruce Avalanche as a shark, <laughs> yeah, but he's avalanche. but he's like running quickly down a mountain. I'm gonna give it to you. It's avalanche sharks. Okay. Okay. Uh, that was better than what I was thinking, which is like uh, ski sharks. <laughs> I was just thinking snow shark. It's a group of poor sharks that have gotten together enough money to compete in the Olympics and they have to ski together in order to save their beach. John Candy makes a guest appearance. <laughs> okay, last one. Shark plus bird of prey. Oh, uh, Mark. Shark Mark? versus eagle. Mm-hmm. Or eagle versus shark. Eagle versus shark, shark which is oh not at all gosh. shark movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I corrected it. Yeah. I know, but oh, it's... I'm... But it's a Jermaine Clement movie, so I want That's to... actually oh, a good oh, movie. Oh, okay, all right. That's an actual, yeah. I've got one. I've got yeah. one. Yeah? Shark plus Hollywood. Uh, Swimming of Sharks? Correct. Oh. Okay. With, with Frank Whaley? That's right. The only uh, actor worth mentioning in that sense. Benicio Del Toro's in it. Oh, yeah, Benicio. Yeah, he's in it. He's like, yeah, he's yeah, really in it. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Well, that was a very interesting game. <laughs> Thank you. I, I actually did it. I, I I enjoyed learning so much about movies that I've never 
heard of. Oh, believe me, so there are ridiculous. many more. I, I guarantee you, there were so many oh, items from, uh, but I, I pared it down to this ten. Um, with all that said, I guess we have to determine who won this game. Let me uh, let me count this. Abe, you certainly got last. Uh, I I only got two of them. <laughs> oh, Mark, you uh, you won. You won by uh, by by two. So there you go. Mark. Good job, Mark. Tyler. Good effort as well. Mm. Yeah, you did a good job. So, <laughs> no, First over here. loser. One could say I was the sharkiest player. Yeah, someone could say that. Maybe? No? Okay. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets. I, I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to think of another pun. I couldn't think of it as quickly. So. All right. Let's move on. All right. Let's get to it now. Feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. We go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We asked a number of questions for you, the listener, and you listeners gave us answers. Then you also gave us some questions as well. So let's just start this off here with our uh, first question. Favorite Jason Statham movie? And Mark and Tyler, feel free to chime in when you want to. Uh, Frankie writes, Crank, Jason, not Jason Statham, although if you wanted to write on this podcast, I'd be happy to entertain that. Uh, Jason writes, The Transporter and both Crank movies. Uh, Christopher writes, Mean Machine, The Transporter films, Furious 7, the mechanic, bank job, and the Italian. So he gives like a top ten, essentially. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Philip writes Snatch, although Brad Pitt steals the show. Justin has Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Transporter, and Snatch. Alan has Snatch. April has the Italian job. Jay has Nomeo and Juliet. Uh, Chris has Snatch, Lock, Stock, and Crank. Amy has Snatch. Cindy has Death Race. I'll agree with the Italian job. That would be my favorite Jason Statham movie. But um, and Abe mentioned this earlier, but I think my favorite Jason Statham performance was in Spy. Yeah, he's pretty great in that. Um, and then I also he's the villain in this, and so and he's you know uh, he's not the the lead or anything like that. But uh, I am a big fan of the movie Cellular. That's a good movie. Oh yeah, that's a good and, one. And uh, and so yeah, I it's not I wouldn't say it's a Jason Statham vehicle, but I do like him a lot in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he is briefly in Collateral. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. yeah he's at the beginning. How do you forget that? He's at right at the beginning. He hands Tom Cruise's briefcase. I totally. And, have and you're like not placed that in my files. Did, did Michael Mann just like give all the audience like this weird bone where it's like, hey guys, Transporter exists in this universe. <laughs> Possible. Because that's, right, that's well, why he's literally just playing transporter. Like that's what he's doing. It's like yeah. he drives up in an Audi. No, he's like he's, he's in the airport and he like and the music's playing and Tom Cruise is there and Statham's there and he's like oh, and they man. like they, like bump into each other like fake bumping and he's like oi I forgot this or something and they like trade three briefcases. Very good, Jason Statham. Oi. I, yeah, I nailed anyway. it. I know. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, All right. Well, the next I, question. I, I did. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to throw in my two cents on this because I, I am a big Jason Statham fan and I do like many of his performances and everything that's mentioned. Um, I will argue, though, for Crank, um, be, not just because I think it's a really fun movie, but I think Jason Statham, as much as we like to say he only plays so many speeds, he is, his his character, Chev Chelios, one of the great movie names, Great name. I think is a, it's a different beast than his other characters as far as what, how he kind of moves himself. Uh, there's, a, there's a way he, I mean this too. I, there's a way he kind of walks that just has a whole different take than like his transporter character, as far as how refined that character is versus the sort of sense of panic and yet control he has in his in the crank movies that I, I really enjoy. As far as oh, he's not just he, he's he's playing more than just state them. He has some there's there's some there's some extra degrees of what he's doing that I I've always appreciated in those films because they let him just run wild. But, anyway. I like crank. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, there's some weird stuff in Crank too, but yeah, no, I, I enjoy it for how crazy it is. And yeah, like Spy is great as far as him. Spy is just, him yeah, like that, do his thing, but in a way that subverts it. I think it's very okay. clever. Yeah, I'm also a fan right. of Safe. 
I think Safe's a solid movie. But uh, anyway. Safe? Yeah, okay. Safe. He has to protect a little. I, I enjoy his uh, early Guy Ritchie movies as well. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. Anyway. Um, next question. Sure, Jazz, but what are your, some of your other favorite films involving giant animals attacking? Chris writes, has to be Razorback for me. Philip has Pacific Rim. Matt has the 70s classic Night of the Lupus. There's something about giant killer bunnies. And an animate attack of the killer tomatoes represent vegetables. Justin has the gray. Rampage. Uh, then, uh, since my last comment was in giant. Uh, Patrick has Godzilla. Which Godzilla would he choose? Uh, Amy has Jurassic Park and Anaconda, of course. But I also love Reign of Fire. Tammy has Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. <laughs> and Mega Python versus, uh, what is that? Gatoroid. Gatoroid. <laughs> I love the the kitschy sci-fi. Uh, I guess all those like knockoff sci-fi movies, which is great. Uh, Jay has Jurassic Park, obviously. Scooter has Minions. <laughs> Christopher has Deep Rising. Uh, Catherine writes Jurassic Park. Richard has Deep Blue Sea. William writes Kaiju. Uh, April has The Shallows, and lastly, Frankie writes Anaconda. Uh, no I- one wrote King Kong, which is frankly disgusting. So King Kong. <laughs> I, I like uh, Anaconda. Yeah. Nobody wrote Eight-Legged Freaks, so, you know, I'm bummed out about that. All right. So, d- sorry, does it have to be, like, a real animal? There's no... no. Um, there's no. no. <laughs> okay. I mean, you mentioned Tremors. What are Tremors? Right, well, exactly. So I, if, <laughs> if they had to be real, then I wouldn't I wouldn't say Tremors. But I do think uh, that Tremors is a – I wouldn't say it's underrated. underrated. People do like it, but uh, it's a really marvelous movie. It doesn't have six sequels in a TV show for no reason. That's true. <laughs> I was going to ask you guys, like, do you guys actually know how many sequels it has? <laughs> if we're talking about just any – I know you said giant animal. But if you're just talking about any kind of an animal, I think the birds is pretty great too. The birds, sure. Yeah. yeah but, but they're but they're not giant. They're not so giant. You can't no. answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 well, I, I mean, I don't know. We didn't see. Yeah, we didn't see any like pelican in that movie. I mean, there could have been a pelican or two, or an albatross. Yeah, exactly. You know, back in the day before they were uh, extinct. Albatross aren't okay. I have no idea. <laughs> if we're talking about like an Archeryptrix, like that's extinct. That's you know that's prehistoric. Anyway, favorite movie scenes <laughs> of someone being eaten or destroyed by a giant animal. Amy writes T-Rex when it eats uh, Gennaro on the toilet in Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris writes Starship Troopers, most scenes. <laughs> Alan writes Jurassic World when the Mosasaurus eats the shark. Uh, Justin writes Jaws, the uh, the climax, uh, basically where it just storms the boat and eats Quint. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> uh, Graham has when Hulk smashes Loki in The Avengers. And Tammy has Lake Placid. So I just assume all of Lake Placid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of it. Uh, I'll add in. Um, there's some great stuff in King Kong when they when they meet those uh, the camera crews like kind of getting killed by those whatever they are. Um, and then also uh, Game of the Crystal Skulls. <laughs> no, weren't they like being devoured by like by like oh, the bugs, plants? the bugs, the bug yeah. scene, yeah, the bug scene. Yeah, and then also uh, giant ants in um, uh, uh, Kingdom, of the Crystal, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, big damn ants. Okay. Yeah. That bug scene, I forgot about that, actually. I wasn't thinking that's about that's it. A not, it's not a very fun scene. When, when Andy Serkis is getting, like, devoured, <laughs> his, head, his head gets overtaken by, like, yeah. one of these giant I, creatures. I, well, I wasn't a yeah. fan of it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild. But, um, <laughs> um, okay, next, uh, next question. Next question. What are your favorite films involving underwater exploration? Chris has, it has to be The Life Aquatic. 
Jim has the Abyss, Alan has Waterworld, Deep Blue Sea, and Life Aquatic. Philip has it has to be Life Aquatic. Tammy has what? Into the Blue. Uh, Justin has Leviathan, and lastly, Sean has the Abyss. Tons I'll go with, of I'll go with the Abyss. Yeah, the Abyss is great. Um, you underwater know. exploration. You, you don't think that of the Life Aquatic, so. That's oh, I know. <laughs> you dress up like uh, like one of their guys. I have Halloween. a Sisu shirt and a hat <laughs> and a cap. Are you wearing it right now? I should be. <laughs> Uh, I'll add in um, underwater exploration. Nobody said uh, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. No, yeah, didn't say that. that's, that's true. Good. That's a movie that I really want to see a remake of. Like, I'd, I'd be really excited to see another take on that film. Mm-hmm. With like, like today's special effects. Yeah, given, so. yeah, given the investment today and everything, I, I think there's a really good movie out there to be made. Fincher was going to make it at one point, and then they're like, no. And I was like, why? And they're like, money. <laughs> I was like, oh, and it was sad. But, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, next question we have here. Favorite movie set around beaches? Spoilers, nobody wrote beaches. I, that's, like, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, Tammy wrote Castaway and Point Break. Philip has Saving Private Ryan. Patrick has Endless Summer. Jay has Jaws and the Pixar short Piper. Sean has uh, Jaws. Justin has Moana. Uh, Chris has Big Wednesday, best film ever. And Surf Nazis Must Die. Sorry, I'm a trauma fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys totally forgot Barbara Hershey and uh, Bette Midler. Yeah, well, I mean, Jaws is the the obvious example, but um, uh, I would, it would look kind of off the beaten path, I'd say Chariots of Fire. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Rocky Three. Rocky Three, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Those are some beautiful socks that they've got on. <laughs> That's probably the greatest example of male bonding I think I've ever seen. In I know. They're all oiled up and just like sprinting at <laughs> the beach. They're just so happy. Yeah, he finally beat Apollo in the sprints. There's, right. a, there's a really great uh, iconic beach scene in From Here to Eternity. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some Like It Hot has a, a beach scene. Yeah. Uh, well, next question. Who else would you like to see in a... Uh, who else would you like to see fight a giant shark. Chris has Mary Hoppins. I reckon she's got a badass harpoon or knuckle duster hidden in her bag of hers. Uh, Justin <laughs> has The Rock. Uh, Richard has Meg Griffin. Uh, Jay has Eco Uace from The Raid. Uh, basically, I'd like a third raid film, but featuring a giant shark. And lastly, Philip has CG Yoda. I mean, CG Yoda could kill anybody. In right? this scenario with The Raid, by the way, I'd like to think that the shark is like a mob boss that sits in like a tank but has a hat. And he's like, al- he's also got like white hair. It's yeah. essentially like that scene of Johnny Mnemonic with the dolphin, except instead of like an all-knowing dolphin that can transmit to the internet, it just lords over a, a series of mob underlings. <laughs> Do you think that's how they made the the game Echo the Dolphin? They're just like, we got to take this and make this a video game. Well, given his uh, hand-to-hand combat skills in Mission Impossible Fallout, I like to see Henry Cavill fight a shark, like f- like literally fight him. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like that was like an, in a deleted scene that uh, they shot for Man of Steel. I'm pretty sure that Zack Snyder has that somewhere. He was un- a- I mean, he was underwater during that oil rig thing. You could have fought a shark off in between running to shore and whatnot. <laughs> right. I, I like that answer, but yeah, Henry Cavill fighting a shark, that's going to be something to be seen. Always going to be good. Yeah. As I yeah. generally say with all these answers, I, you know, if Judy Dench wants to fight a shark, I'll be there. Judy Dench. <laughs> and Meryl Streep. And- yeah, and we kick the shit out of it. Now, Meryl, Meryl Streep would be like, I gotta do an accent, I gotta wear a wig and all this. Just, just den- put Dench on it. Like, she'll handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Next question we have is, uh, what movie character deserved to get eaten by a shark? Um, Alan has uh, Percy Whitmore in Green Mile. 
and uh, uh, let's see, Jason Isaac's character in The Patriot, uh, and Ike Clanton in Tombstone. Hmm. Those are just some good answers. Uh, Cindy has Zach Galifianakis' Alan from The Hangover. But why? That's a, That was an odd one. <laughs> uh, Justin has Agent Smith. Uh, Jay has The Goonies, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, Luke has Dinesh D'Souza. Yeah, sure, yeah. Chris has Jar Jar Binks and Olaf. Uh, Philip has Kitty Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. I don't know which one that one is. Uh, I would, uh, yeah, no, those are all some good answers. I The character that I just really wanted to have come up in, um, hmm. Can't think of one off the top of my head, even though there's a lot of them. They, they eventually all get their own come up in. Paul Reiser, Aliens, sure, why not? He, he gets a worse fate, though. <laughs> yeah, the Xenomorph really kind of took care of him. But, you know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> acid blood really helps out. So. I feel like Sean Parker in uh, The Social <laughs> Network. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, yeah. because I can picture the story around it, that he's like this... He's super cocky, and he and he has enough money that he's like, I'm going to swim with sharks, and then it, one just eats him, and he just doesn't see it coming, but he should have. <laughs> and, like, all that's left is just, like, a flip-flop in the water. <laughs> oh, it could be called a flip-flop in the water. That's a good short film. That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character in The Help. <laughs> there you go. I was going to say, like, Jurassic World's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Well, she also yeah. gets a shit pie. So, was that her? Yeah, yes, she was. Her. She was meaner in the help. So, ugh, Bryce. Sheesh. All right. Well, yes. Uh, uh, we we for, so last week, Abe, you were not on this episode. Wait a minute. So okay. Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain are in the help. I know it's confusing. that's crazy. Mm-hmm. The universe should have should have actually opened up a warp a wormhole <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> but they're very different looking in the film. Yeah, Chastain okay. has Chastain has almost like blonde, like you know Marilyn Monroe oh, kind. Of okay. Person. Okay, I see. <laughs> yeah. Get it past this time, universe. Yeah, I was confused. So I saw that because that was the year where Chastain had like, what, like nine different movies? I'm exaggerating, but she had a lot of movies right. coming out. And yeah, I, she had a lot. Yeah. I saw, but I saw that last of all of those. So I'm like, oh, all right. She's, she's here too. And it was like, and yeah, that was confusing. It was like, oh, she's not playing that character. That's Bryce Dallas Howard playing that character. It was a, it was a big, it was a whole who's on first ordeal that I was having while watching that movie. <laughs> We have some questions um, from last week's show. So last, we uh, Peter Yancey and I, we were so engaged in discussion about other things that we forgot to do feedback. And we were, How dare you? We were already, well, going, go way, very already going way long, so I wanted to make sure to kind of get a couple of those questions in um, to make sure. So, uh, hey, yeah. you, uh, keep that. So, yeah, uh, from last week, favorite Winnie the Pooh character, Justin has Eeyore, but what difference does it make? Very clever, David. Justin has Pooh Bear, has always been my favorite. Had one for as long as I can remember. Alan also writes Pooh Bear. Maxwell has Pooh himself. Chris has Tigger. We all uh, know a friend like him. Tammy also echoes Tigger. Jay has Golfer. Uh, and Matt, lastly, Manish has Owl. I'm a New York guy. You're a New York guy? Yeah, I'd say some. Uh, I I uh, I really like Eeyore. I've been compared to Eeyore in the past, uh, but I feel like <laughs> no. I have a. Where would those comparisons come from? I uh, but I also feel like uh, I have a certain soft spot in my heart my heart for uh, Rabbit because that poor guy he's just so put upon. Just, he's just yeah, trying he just to, to like... raise his carrots, but right. all these idiots just keep ruining everything. Yeah. 
I am a big, uh, I, I, I like Eeyore for his wisdom. I also am a big fan of Kanga and Rue just because of their names. Mm. Um, and they look, they look like they're nice and uh, friendly, friendly kangaroos. Oh, uh, yeah, during the day. <laughs> Do they change at night? Kangaroos can become evil at night? I feel like my sinister tone implied that, Abe, but um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, next question, or sorry, Mark, what, did you have an answer for Um, me? Tigger. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Never do that again. I'll do it every time for now on of this podcast. <laughs> next question we have. <laughs> uh, favorite Ewan McGregor performance. Uh, David writes, uh, Velvet Goldmine, Train Spotting, and Shallow Grave. Justin has Black Hawk Down for reasons we've mentioned on this in the past. Uh, yeah, he's a big Black Hawk Down fan for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maxwell, friend of the show, has Moulin Rouge and Train Spotting. Jim has Train Spotting. Uh, Sarah has Moulin Rouge. Alan has Big Fish. Chris has Shallow Grave, Train Spotting, and Rogue Trader. Tammy has Big Fish and Moulin Rouge. Frankie has The Island. He was in that, right? I'm, I'm going to make a good job remembering if he was in the movie. That's your favorite of his performances. Um, Amy has A Lifeless Ordinary. Jay has his dual roles in, se- dual roles in Season 3 of Fargo. Manish has Down With Love. Adam has Toby. Toby, John, Penelope. Okay. Uh, Catherine has uh, Moulin Rouge, and Stephen has the Star Wars prequels. Hmm. Uh, I Whoever said Down With Love, I'm I'm on board with them. They, they use great in that. I'm going to go with uh, Velvet Goldmine. Uh, I... <clears throat> I uh, I, his train spotting performance really does work. I like the Lifeless Ordinary as much because I, I, I do like that movie quite a bit, that, that Danny Boyle film. Um, I will actually use this opportunity to recommend a movie called Little Voice from 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it's, it, he's certainly not the lead. He's a, he's a supporting part, but it's a, there's a great cast. It's Brenda Blethyn is in it. Uh, Michael Caine, Jim Broadbent, uh, and Ewan McGregor plays uh, a supporting part and he's very good in it, but uh, it's not my favorite performance of his, but it's an opportunity to talk about Little Voice, which I highly recommend. There you go. Is he American then, in that uh, movie? No, it's it's a very British film. Okay, good. Okay, cool. I, I don't dislike his movies that are set in America at the same time. Ewan McGregor, to me, is a guy that's inexplicably gotten away with his, what I think is a poor American, American accent for years. Um, and he's rarely called on it, but, you know, that's just, that's me, apparently. Oh, man. You're just going to add him now? Jeez. Have a heart. I mean, he's got kids. It, it's even in like August Osage County, which is like the worst. Ex- I mean, that's more recent. So he's been doing this for for over I, a decade. I have not point. seen that movie. Yeah, but uh, you know, in in stuff like uh, whatchamacallit, Big Fish, he's got like he's got to play a Southern accent, right? So, that's I don't know. That's maybe, not an excuse. Maybe... <laughs> I, no, I'm just saying. Like I, I I don't know. I guess I I haven't been paying attention to his uh, American accent. <laughs> well, with all that being said, though, I'm gonna just say uh, Jack the Giant Slayer because his hair is cool. Um, well, well, wait, wait. you know what? I love you, Philip Morris. Uh, he and Jim Carrey really are both great yeah. in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move to questions now that the audience members asked us. Philip asks, if you had a movie with a twist or big misdirection gets you the first time... I'm sorry, let me, let me start. If a movie with a twist or big misdirection gets you the first time, but loses something significantly upon rewatching it, did it do its job? Yes. I think a film, the first watch is sometimes the the only watch. I mean, it doesn't have to like once you spoil the surprise, then of course it's not. It may not mean as much the second time, but I, I still think it's a valid film. So uh, yeah, I would say yes. 
Yeah, rewatchability uh, is that can be an asset, but that doesn't have to be the only asset. Like there are movies that are absolutely marvelous that you kind of it's not that you you need to watch only once. But uh, but yeah, some of them, that's when they are at their maximum impact. Uh, And yeah, like Psycho, it's not going to have the same impact it has the second time. It's going to have a different impact, and I think that's okay. But I do think some movies are only are only notable because of their twist. Like it's a it's a completely bland, forgettable story. But then it's got this really interesting twist, and then when you see it a second time, you're always like, oh, that's really kind of all it had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with what you guys are saying. I, I do think there's. There's merit to be found in movies that can get by without having to consider the twist if that's the main thing it's riding on. But there are yeah, there's plenty of others that only have that to work with. There are also movies that I really like that have a twist, but where the movie's not dependent on that making it a good film. The best right. example, the best example of that being for me, um, The Sixth Sense, where it doesn't yeah. matter that whole aspect of Bruce Willis's character. You can take that out; it's still a great movie to me. Like the, right. still, the movie yeah. still relies on the drama of, of Haley Joel Osment's character, and the true climax is him and Tony Collette in the car at the end. There's just this like wonderful cherry on top of like, oh, also we got you about this thing. Uh, so it's uh, there's movies like that that can really be a great joy to watch beyond the fact that it has another thing going for it. Right. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I don't think a film. The greatness of a film is measured by its rewatchability. I mean, I think a film can be great because you can rewatch it over and over. But I, I think the Blair Witch Project is a a great film, but I don't think that's a film that you can rewatch, or at least it's not one that I care to rewatch. I, it's I, it had a moment. I thought it was brilliant the first time I saw it, and it's not something that I need to rewatch again. But I right. still I still think it's it's a film I would recommend and tell people if you've never seen it, watch it. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the same page with all you guys here. The movie that I just watched recently, again, that I talked about a couple weeks ago, was Blindspotting, right? So I watched it twice, and sure, the second time, the effect wasn't as great, but like what Mark was saying, if you're impacted the first time, that's really when you should be impacted, and and yeah, it got me. And so the other thing I was going to mention, like what Aaron mentioned, was The Sixth Sense. You know, it's just a really good movie, and aside from that, yeah, there's a, a a major plot twist, but that all being said... I would say that that person is not the main, the main, uh, uh, it's not the main target of the movie. Yeah, I, th- there's a whole other question we're talking about now with rewatchability because I, I do think that uh, that can apply that applies heavily for me when it comes to like like a lot of dramas, a lot of biopics that I think are very good but not like something I need to revisit all of the time. Right. Um, where it's like I'm happy I've seen it that time and I'm happy to kind of recognize the aspects that it does very well, but it's like I don't necessarily need to watch it ever again. Um, just because the nature of, I mean, my own taste versus, and along with what the movie's setting out to accomplish, it's not like there's necessarily a lot of scenes in certain movies where I'm like, man, that's that's great for me to kind of rewatch over and over again. The same with uh, a visceral creation that comes from, you know, various action movies or something like that. Hmm. Anyway, um, good question. Next question we have is from Tyler. Um, this is from last week, so it has more to do with, or it comes more from uh, Christopher Robin. Uh, he asks, "What live-action adaptation will failure will finally make it will finally make Disney stop doing them?" Oof! I want to say Song of the South. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing, but I'm pretty sure that they're not going to make any more if they redid that one. Uh, 
Yeah, that's the answer. All right. <laughs> let's uh, let's move forward. That was that no feedback. Be back, be back, be back. Uh, let's move on. To, let's start wrapping these up here. Let's get to let's put a little out now. Presents without now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD or 4K this week. Uh, and a number of things here. First up, Avengers colon Infinity War. Yeah, go see it. It's fun. Yeah, feel free to give a yay or nay to any of these, as I mentioned. Yay. Uh, let's see. Bad Samaritan. Um, this one had what's one of the doctors. Uh, Tenet. Is it Tenet? Hold on. <laughs> the one before oh, the one with the bow tie. Oh, now I know what you're talking about. The one yeah, before I, the one with the bow tie. That's David Tenet, right. right? The one before the one with the bow tie. I think they both wore bow ties, but uh, yeah, okay. no, I know what you're talking I, about. I, I I'm going to say I haven't seen it. Was it like a was it a Bloomhouse thing or like a Bloomhouse tilt thing? Yeah, it's David Tennant, by the way. Uh, anyway, we wait too much time on this. Um, next up, uh, let's see. This was streaming a few weeks ago. Now it's on Blu-ray this week. Uh, How to talk to girls at parties with uh, Elle Fanning. That uh, movie like came and went. I yeah. didn't even realize it was in theaters. I thought it was going to have a little more presence, but yeah, I'm kind of bummed out about that. It, it's, it was go. put out by A24, which everything they do, I like love. So I was kind of looking forward to it before the, before it came out, and then it, it just like, I've all of a sudden I realized it had already come out. Huh? But I guess I can watch it now yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, Arrow, season six. Six seasons? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of seasons. Blacklist, season five. That's a lot of seasons, too. I don't even know who that show is. 12 Monkeys, season four. Why is that still going on? I've heard good things about it. Good I've job. Not, no, I've not watched job. a minute shows, of 12 TV Monkeys. shows are hard to make and they're hard to, to continue. But, man, I mean, man, that's good job. I, I never know. Yeah, all those. Let's see. Shock and Awe. I believe this is a Rob Reiner film. Wasn't that Rob Reiner's movie? That, that's on DVD already? Yeah, there it is. Didn't it just come out in theaters like last week? I feel like that's telling. Okay. Huh. That's like the James Marsden movie. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, on Scream Factory, or new Steelbook editions for these films from Scream Factory, Army of Darkness, Life Force, and The Howling. Yeah, go see all of those. All, all those get new, new steel. They all get, uh, I think they have like 4K transfers as well, too, so they're going to look better than ever. Um, or at least The Howling does. I'm not sure if the other two do. I doubt Army of Darkness does, because that movie gets released all the time, so whatever. Um <laughs> Let's see. The Unborn. That's also from Shout. That's a bit, whoa, who is that in that? Um, I wrote that down for a reason too. Who's in um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Not Donald Sutherland, the the female lead. Mm. It's not Veronica okay, Cartwright, yeah. is it? Brooke, Brooke Adams. Brooke Adams. Brooke Adams. Okay. Yeah. It's a horrible movie of her. That's why. Mm, okay. I wrote that down thinking I'll remember this, <laughs> but then I had to think about it. <laughs> um, Thailand, the Gary Terry, the Gary, the Terry Gilliam film. Uh, gets a new release from Arrow this week. Sure. Uh, let's see on Criterion, the Ballad of Gregor, uh, uh, Gregorio Cortez. It's on Criterion this week, so I'm going to put that out there. Lastly, Documentary Now, Seasons 1 and 2 on Blu-ray this week. Oh, those are fun to watch. You should go check them out. Yes, they're really marvelous. Yeah. And the more you know about documentaries, the more appreciation you'll have for Agreed. like individual episodes. If I'd you watch The Kid Stays in the Picture, you're going to love one of the episodes. I'd love to know the kind of the backwards ratio of this as far as people that watch this show and then are like, I should watch those documentaries. I'd love to know if there's a correlation between them. I hope so, because the, the ones that they are mocking, making fun of, giving a lot of light to, hey, very good. They're well done. Yeah, yeah, homage to. They're, they're, they're well done. They're, they're good documentaries. 
All right. Well, that's on now. Let's move on to extremely cool. These things are now streaming on Netflix and Prime. Uh, first up, Voltron Legendary Defender Season 7. If you're a fan of that series, it's 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 all the way there. Season 7? What is going Where? <laughs> I'm so confused. All right. But, yeah, good job. Keep going. I, I think that show delivers, like, ha- like half seasons every six months or so. Is that, oh, is that? Okay. All right. That's why it's got so far up. Um, let's see. Dimitri Martin, The Overthinker. He has a new stand-up special. I've heard he's a funny guy. Uh, and I saw No Country for Old Men's now on Netflix. So, hey, No Country for Old Men. That's up there. There you Josh go. Josh Bellman before he was Thanos. <laughs> before he was Thanos. Uh, on Prime this week, nothing all that new. So I just saw that High Noon was on Prime now. So, yeah, watch High Noon. It's terrific. Okay. Same. <laughs> Shouting out High Noon. <laughs> it, could use, it could use the love, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's extremely cool. Let's move on. Next week's show. Next week, as I mentioned before, we're talking Black Klansman, the new Spike Lee film starring John David Washington, Adam Driver, Tover Grace, uh, Laura Harrier. Um, I'm excited to talk about that film. We will get to that um, in a week's time. Um, last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Tyler Smith, what should people go and see in theaters right now? Uh, probably eighth grade. Uh, it's a really marvelous oh, yeah. movie that uh, I don't know where it's playing. Uh, you know, it's I, I don't even know if it has opened wide yet it's or not, as wide it's, as it's gone as wide as it's going to go at this point. That's yeah. kind of oh, what right. I figured. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, if it's playing in your city, uh, check it out. It's really great. Oh, what do you see next? Uh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, I am seeing. I'm seeing. Uh, what is it? Operation Finale is that what it's called? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to a screening of that uh, in a couple of days. All right, Mark Uh So I would say I support uh, Eighth Grade if you can find it. Still, it, that's a great film, one of my favorites of the year. Um, and then playing everywhere is Mission Impossible Fallout. That's a great summer flick. Um, what actually also probably one of the best films I've seen this year as well. Um, and then what I'm seeing next is uh, I haven't seen blind spotting yet. And I really want to see that. I mean, I live in the Bay area, so it's uh, something that uh, is aside from, yeah, yeah, that that's, and then I, and then I'll probably will see uh, crazy rich Asians later on in the week. Hey. Yeah, for sure. I, I also got, uh, echo eighth grade. It's a fantastic movie that you should try and catch, uh, especially supporting, Small independent movies like that, actually, I don't know if it's independent, but it's a very small movie. Um, certainly, that would go a long way. If you haven't seen um, Mission Possible Fallout, go see that as well. And what's next? Black Klansman, Crazy Rich Asians, a whole bunch of documentaries I haven't seen yet. There's, there's too much going on right now. I'm echoing everything you guys are saying. Mission Impossible is great. Blind Spotting is great. Um, I would say definitely go see Black Klansman, um, both because you'll be, you know, Happy to have seen Black Clans, but also, hey, be ready for next week's show, right? <laughs> and it's a true story. Mm-hmm. It is. That's and, the that's the kicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, next next uh, Anna and I are gonna go see Crazy Rich Asians, and I'm also seeing Mile 22 because Mark Wahlberg and Peter Berg. Love guys, Mark Wahlberg, uh, yeah. Got to keep. Got to represent those guys. That combination. Are they trying to catch up? To like Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, kind of. I assume so. It, it certainly feels that way. Yeah. It's weird that Helena Bonham Carter's the villain in this movie. I'm kidding. That's not true. But still, <laughs> <laughs> yep, they're they're doing it. They're they're putting those things out there. And you know what? I've I've liked some of them. So there you go. Keywords. Some. Yeah. 
right. Well, the latter cool. two more than the previous one. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of At Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. You can find my written reviews of her film and covering the show Preacher over at weliventertainment.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over at uh, my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, with the right white man, we can do anything. Uh, and Sub640, the podcast. Check it out. Did you change your Instagram name again? I did. <laughs> your Instagram. <laughs> this ongoing saga I'm fascinated by. <laughs> because... Probably won't be the last time. I'm, I'm waiting I'm waiting to find whoever has just Abe Mula, no dots or no dashes, no underscores. <laughs> you changed it to Abe.jpg, and I, I guarantee it's because you changed it to J- Abe.jpg, but it's spelled JPG. It was too confusing for people, and that's why you changed it. <laughs> Mm, possibly. <laughs> it, just, it just seemed kind of redundant. Tyler Smith, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, you can find me at battleshippretension.com, uh, where I do a podcast and I occasionally write reviews. You can also find me at morethanonelesson.com. Uh, and then also... Uh, I did want to plug something uh, specific uh, at Battleship Pretension. Uh, if you go to battleshippretension.com and you click on video, there's a video that I made, uh, I guess, uh, about a month and a half ago. I guess just a month ago called uh, The Secret Meaning of Jurassic World. Uh, it's a little video essay that I made uh, that I'm actually rather proud of. And it talks about some of the, the thematic elements of the 2015 Jurassic World. And, uh, yeah, so check that out at battleshippretension.com. Very cool. I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. Uh, Mark Hoban, where can people find more of your work? You can find more of my work on my personal blog, fastfilmreviews.com, and you can also uh, follow my thoughts on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. Great. You can find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe over on iTunes as well as on Audioboom. Listen to us over at HHWLED, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. Feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had on the Meg or anything else we discussed today over at podcast at gmail.com. Send us feedback, ask questions, do anything on facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And be sure to send us plenty of gifts of sharks doing crazy things underwater over at our, our Tumblr page, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Wouldn't they just be swimming? <laughs> You'd think they'd just keep swimming, but hey, you know what? They're going to they're gonna do, they're gonna shark what they shark. <laughs> okay. Tyler, Mark, thank you both for joining us. Thank you evening. both for joining us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for having me. For sure. Yeah, glad to have you guys on here. I think we had fun. Oh, yeah. It was a megaton of fun. More fun than watching the film, for me. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> Thanks, Abe. Um, yeah, so that's going to do it. Until next time, um, when we uh, get all into uh, Black Clans, that's going to do it for this episode. So until then, so long. And goodbye. Under the sea. Under the sea. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. Up on the shore, they work all day. Out in the sun, they slave away. While we devoting full time to floating under the sea. <laughs> down here, the fish is happy. As after the waves they roll, the fish on the land ain't happy. They shot cause they in the bowl. But fish in the bowl is lucky. They in for a worse fate. One day when the boss get hungry, yes you go beyond the pay. What do under the sea? Under the sea, nobody beat us, fry us, and eat us in fricassee. 
We watching land folks loves to cook. Under the sea we have to hook. We got no troubles. Life is the bubbles under the sea. Under the sea. Uh, this is for last week, so it has more to do with, or it comes more from uh, Christopher Robin. Uh, he asks, "What live action adaptation will failure will finally make it will finally make Disney stop doing them?" Oof! I want to say "Song of the South." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing, but I'm pretty sure that they're not going to make any more if they redid that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the answer.